This is Professor Raymond Noby, Department of Ancient History, log entry number two. I believe I have made a significant find in the castle of Cantor. Having journeyed there with my wife, Henrietta, my daughter, Annie, and associate professor, Ed Gettler. It was in the rear chamber of the castle. We stumbled upon something remarkable. Once again, you ask the same shit you ask every week. But I'll indulge you, you creepy English tart. I'm here for my weekly stash of teddy mags, my favorite taco bar in the whole wide world, Toblerone, and my lotto tickets. Poop on the shingle! I have one! This episode brings host Derek Carey onto a video chat. To experience the full uncut version, visit the Astro Radio Z Facebook page and watch it on YouTube. Now, onto the show. Here tonight, we're going to do something a little different than we normally do. Normally, uh, we just talk endlessly. Um, you don't get to see our beautiful faces. These beautiful faces of all of these people. Mr. Don Thacker, illustrious director, Imago's Films, Motivational Growth is his film. It's fucking amazing. If you don't see it, you suck. Here is... Uh, it's Glenn Bittner. It's he like is, German he's the, the host of the B-Movie Bunker. Really awesome guy. Loves quirky, independent shit films just like me. That's why he's here. Mr. Andrew, Andrew uh, Scherer, please tell me if I'm fucking your name up. Or is that I good? love it. Sounds awesome. Good. <laughs> uh, Gonzo Films. He's the director of uh, no budget independent films. Name some of them for us. <laughs> Pajama Nightmare now on Amazon on demand. <laughs> and uh, the film that we were introduced to today, The Wet Dream on Elm Street, which is quite erotic. <laughs> Thank you for showing up, Andrew. No problem. This is, we have, uh, if you're a fan or a avid listener of Astro Radio Z, you'll know this next man, Mark the Movie Man. He's on almost every episode, and uh, we give him shit for introducing us to eel porn. Hi, Mr. Mark the Movie Man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, we're doing well, thanks. A critic in a room full of filmmakers. This is uh, always fun. Uh, yeah, we'll all shit in your mouth. Next okay. is Mr. Ray. Ray, introduce yourself because I don't know you as well as the rest of these chaps. Uh, I'm Ray Sidman, and I'm, I, I do Ray's reviews, and uh, that's about it. Happy to be here. Oh, thanks for coming. And last but not least is Mrs. Tanya Atomic, filmmaker, musician, ass kicker. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Would you like to give the, the fine people of Astro Radio Z a little primer of uh, who Miss Atomic is? Um, sure. I'm a filmmaker, musician. Um, I've made a couple short horror films, uh, comedy Walking to Linus, um, Claudia Key, horror thriller, working on Plain Devils, my next one. That one's going to kick ass. Uh, you, you let me read that script, and that's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> all right. So the reason we're all here looking like idiots on webcam is uh, I bought this the other day. The Nightmare on Elm Street Blu-ray collection. Um, and for some reason, 
because I was posting this and I, I'm like, eh, I couldn't figure out what my next episode of Astro Radio Z was going to be. Um, because as you all know, or maybe nobody knows except for Mark, because he actually listens to this show, that I only do an episode maybe every month or every other month. And so I was kind of struggling. What's my next episode going to be? And I, I started watching this. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to get all my friends together and let's fucking uh, talk about something that we all grew up to, which is Freddy Krueger. So uh, what we're going to do tonight is just kind of go through all of these films, maybe go through some of the side things that came up, like the video game, <laughs> which is uh, surprisingly not as awful as I thought it was previously. Oh, Mr. Mo, Mo Porn, you are back. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> well, we already did our round of introductions. Uh, we started the show off. So, uh, Mr. <clears throat> Mo, why don't you introduce yourself? I know you through uh, one of my favorite podcasts, No Budget Nightmares. Uh, would you like to introduce everybody of, uh, that listens to Astro Radio Z who you are? Uh, yeah, they call me uh, Mo. Uh, last name porn. I don't know. I'm a aspiring filmmaker and avid podcaster, lover of bullshit and all things VHS. Hey. Awesome. You're in the right place then, lover of bullshit. That's that's <laughs> the only kind of movies we make. So, I mean, <laughs> welcome to the club. So, as I was saying, we're going to talk some Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I'm going to start the show off like this. Not for one second can you guys tell me when you were watching Nightmare on Elm Street films, you didn't fucking listen to DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Nightmare on My Street at least 15, 16 times. Oh, I, I freaked when uh, when I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, the, the video, because, you know, when MTV actually played music videos. Uh, <laughs> that was a thing? They played music videos? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the cassette of that particular song. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great rap. It was totally it unexpected, it, it, totally unexpected, too. But that's back when they did. They were trying to market films, but they still weren't quite sure how to work it into pop culture. Uh, <laughs> so was that um, song actually from one of the films? No, it was uh, from his album, though. One of his yeah. albums. The, the Fat Boys also did a Freddie rap. Yes, they did. Yeah. Are you ready for Freddy? That was. The Are you ready for one. Freddy? Yeah, I, I yeah, find I that one that to be well. superior. That's the superior Freddy rap, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I, I think Fresh Prince had the superior one, but you know they, they were both oh. entertaining. Uh -oh. <laughs> we got Fat Boys versus uh, Fresh Prince here. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's time for Freddy. See, I'm a It's because uh, black people love 
Freddy Krueger. I mean, I grew up in a black neighborhood, and like he, the first guy I knew that saw Nightmare on Elm Street was this guy named Rasheen Hannibal. He's like, "Do you see Freddy?" I'm like, "Yeah." You, you know, so that's how the race relations worked. Wait, I'm sorry. Did we did we just make a giant demographical assumption based on this one dude you met? This one? I'm representing the black community on this podcast. Yeah. But that's, that's why brilliant. that's why all the hip hop songs. That's why Jazzy Jeff. That's why Houdini. Anyway, I get to swing it at the end of the part five tape. Uh-huh. It's it's yeah. because black people fucking they love Freddy Krueger. They love horror movies. I promise. I you. met an Asian guy once, and he said he really hated Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been Korean. You don't know. <laughs> I'm making I'm making a rash generalization. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Sweeping generalization. Right? Yeah, I just want to make a sweeping generalization. I met about this it. one black dude. He was super into Freddy. Black dudes are into Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. A squared you know plus the blacks, B squared equals They C love squared. the Freddy. <laughs> wow. I love it. Fender <laughs> was uh, Freddy's greatest hits. Let's not forget that. <laughs> if you weren't emotionally scarred for it when you were young. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of this. What is this? Freddy's Greatest Hits? Oh, uh, Freddy's Greatest Hits was an album of covers that England did with some really cheesy backup singers. And he's singing as Freddy. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> what? Do you remember yes. songs that he did? Oh, yeah, he does. I think he did a cover of Wooly Bully. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Watch it now. Watch it, watch it. Here it comes, here it comes. Yeah, that's right. It's got it's got do the Freddy, uh, which is uh, I'm assuming really horrible. It's got obsession. It's got wooly bully. Don't sleep in the midnight hour. Uh, all I have to do is dream because we're scraping the very bottom of the barrel. Uh, dance or else down in the boiler room and Elm Street dreams. I'm thinking the last two are custom hits. Yes, <laughs> I, I have a, I have that. <laughs> it, it's bad. It's awful. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying, Mark. Because up until now, we've been under the impression otherwise. Oh yeah, it was. You know, no, it was great. I don't want you to. Well, well, back then, remember they had the one nine hundred number too. That you yeah, I remember the one nine hundred number. I still I have. Never, I was too yeah, young to call it. Recorded but. somewhere. 
on a VHS tape. I know I have that commercial, one of those commercials somewhere. Well, there was Freddy phone, and you can win a role in part five. If All right. you oh, yeah. Freddy yeah. What? Yeah. I called it like uh. a motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you your mom's wondering why it's a thousand dollar phone bill. What the? <laughs> Are you listening to porn? No, mom, I'm trying to get into Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh, that's okay then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The trivia on it was wrong. <laughs> so you'd call and what was that like? Oh, right. Okay, so it's you You answer Freddy trivia questions, and, uh, you know, they're they're by number, so you, you press the button to answer for whatever. There were some questions that all the answer was, answers were wrong. So you could, it was a, it was an impassable gate. You could not get through. Yeah, um, ask ask who, uh, which role the uh, winner of Freddy Phone had in part five. Oh. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> right. This struck you. This is a bad thing for this. This, I can feel it's palpable the the hatred from your childhood that's in this. All right, okay, I was the little kid. All right, fuck that. <laughs> oh, you better hope you're not the little kid. I saw. I I actually looked him up while I was watching part five, and man, he looks exactly the same, only taller. Well, oh no! Wasn't he in Jurassic Park? No, I don't believe so. Was it the? I think the he's kid? one of the Velociraptors. No, the. the <laughs> I thought that I thought that was the same kid who was the kid picking on saying that it looked like a big turkey. I thought that was the same kid from Dream Child. Let's get started on on these movies. Otherwise, we'll be here all night talking about almonds and all the various Freddy rap tunes. No, um, no fuck off! I'm I'm reading about one nine hundred nine oh nine Freddy right now. <laughs> okay, you better read it. Read it out. Before the internet and before texting, there were 1-900 numbers, and even Freddy Krueger had his own, of course. Freddy told you a variety of dead time stories. The problem was I was, whoever wrote this article, was too young to remember them, so I need you to refresh my memory. And then this guy's requesting people to send him stuff. He has a single comment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the comment is, who the fuck called the 900 number? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm probably the only stupid motherfucker on earth, other than Andrew. It. They called that um, fucking number. I, I called I, it. I called it once. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're you telling me there was a contest? I don't. I remember Didn't the contest. Air a lot during the uh, Freddy's nightmares, as I recall. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, constantly, like every commercial break, uh, they squeezed in that one. <laughs> uh, I'm Freddy Krueger, and you're invited to my special get together. So beware. Dial this number now. I've got some grisly details for you. And if you're one of my lucky callers selected at random, you'll talk to me live while you're awake and safe. So dial this number now if you dare. Talk to me live. Freddy Krueger is waiting just for you. $2 for the first minute, 35 cents each additional minute. Theo was very confusing because the other way between so. the Freddy ones and actual datelines. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> it's like watching fucking Howard Stern where every single fucking, there's, there's a Girls Gone Wild uh, <laughs> and then there's a, there's a date commercial and then another Girls Gone Wild and then erectile dysfunction. It, it's like the entire cornucopia of boner. Uh, At least they're all related. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely boner related. Everything's, it's pro boner. Pro boner. <laughs> pro boner. 
Ask, ask your doctor if he can You're do right. pro boner. Right. So. I, I do want to throw in real quick. I have a visual aid since we're talking about Freddy's Nightmares. Uh-oh. VHS. Oh, oh shit. Oh, Here, hold on. We got to see this. All right. I'm trying to let me better shot of it. There That's fucking go. glorious. How many of those videos were there? I know there's there's probably like a set of like 10, isn't there? Probably. I only have the one, and it has two episodes on it, as I recall. So. I think I think they made a, to- a one whole season of those. Five VHS tapes. I know there were 44 episodes. Five VHS tapes. But I don't know how so many. So Don is our official Wikipedia yes. man tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we've got five. Eddie Redding has all of those on my hard drive. One episode <laughs> per tape. I think it actually ran for two or three seasons. It did, actually. There's like 40, what did it say? I read on, on the wiki, and I'm sure Don will correct me here. I think it's like 44 episodes. Was uh, there really that many? Yeah. Wow. Two episodes, or two seasons, 44 episodes, so 22 episodes a season, it seems. For yeah. two seasons, yeah. No, well, they, need, they needed that late-night programming, so... <laughs> Uh, if you live in the UK, apparently both a DVD and a Blu-ray were released. However, sales were so poor that they canceled Volume Two of the DVD uh, in Big 2003. Big surprise! So Big surprise. Nobody gave a single shit. Well, if anyone's ever watched Freddy's Nightmares, you'd know why. Yeah, I have not myself. They they were hit and miss. I mean, it was it was the first one's good. Yeah, well, well what's the, was a yeah. the first episode was a continuation of the story. It was actually, right. it was the origin, wasn't it? It was Toby Hooper directed it. Yeah, it was right. like a prequel. Right. Huh. Was that yeah. the one with the twin sisters? I, I just remember there were a pair of blondes. The dad was a cop, and that was yeah. early in one. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a prequel, like origin story. Yeah. Beyond episode one, isn't it uh, essentially a, uh, like a Crypt Keeper kind of yeah. thing? Or, yeah, 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 it's an anthology type thing where it's right. a new yeah. story every single time and he's kind or of monsters. Crypt- they all take place in Springfield. But they all take place in Springfield. What a so shit town to live in. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Yeah. You think you'd move right Spring the fuck out of yeah. Well, it had a lot more to do with the movies than the Friday the 13th TV series had to do with those movies. Oh, man. Well, I was so pissed off that. when I was a kid. That yeah. motherfucking thing made me so pissed off. Here Sorry, I, I stand correct. It is Springwood. You're right. It's Springwood, yeah. not Springfield. Right. I'm getting my right. Simpsons playing in here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the Friday the 13th show wasn't even, uh, I mean, it originally conceived what it had nothing to do with They no. just took the name. No. Like, right. Yeah, it was Canadian anyway. <laughs> Man. Fuck Canada, apparently. <laughs> that had nothing to do with the, the movie. Oh, I, I do have the entire Friday the 13th TV series on DVD, and it has nothing to do with right. the, that franchise. And the funny thing is, as pissed off as I was growing up that had no Jason in it whatsoever, I actually like the series. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's not bad. And I rewatched all of them in recent years when I got them. It's not as good as I remember. Right. Part of the reason I liked it was the same reason I liked Freddy's Nightmares. And that was the kind of, you know, I was in high school at the time and there was a fair amount of gore and, you know, um, insinuated sex and for a high school. <laughs> that took a lot. That took a lot for sex value. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a shock value. And that's why I liked it. Well, there were there were so many anthology stories, just like there were so many horror movies during the eighties that you know those anthology series were a dime a dozen, right. really for a while. 
when Freddy's yeah. Nightmares was out, it kind of got lost in the monsters, Freddy Nightmares. Re- they brought from back the, side. the new Twilight Zone, new Outer the Limits. Alfred Monster. Hitchcock. There was Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, Monsters Amazing was solid. Stories. Yeah, I loved the Monsters, man. I remember waiting every Saturday night yeah. at fucking midnight to watch Monsters. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, because it was just so fucking weird. One week it would be pretty much like a Tales from the Crypt type story, and the next one it would be like the the Monsters version of that Dinosaurs fucking show where the dudes <laughs> were all in those big, huge costumes and all that shit. It was so fucked up. It was such a weird show. My, my favorite episode of that show was the one where Weird Al was Mr. Cabbage Head, and they were complaining because the Miss Universe pageant didn't actually have people from the universe in it. Uh, <laughs> it was it was just completely off the wall, but it had Weird Al in it, so I was like, hey, bonus. Speaking of uh, celebrities and, and those type of shows, uh, getting back to Freddy, I totally forgot Johnny Depp did a cameo in Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally... let's not jump the boat. Let's not jump the boat. Let's let's get started on the, okay. on the series, and we'll go straight through it. Let's not jump okay. the boat. Okay, so, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, that's fine. Let's start with Nightmare One. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> You just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. Gina! There's a coroner got to say. He's in the jail and puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's uh, the most iconic, just about the most iconic horror uh, franchise ever fucking made. So anyways, I'm going to do, I'm going to go down the line here. I'm going to give each of you kind of like your um, your space to kind of tell me your thoughts on, on each of the films. That's kind of how we're going to do this. We're going to do a round table. Don, how about we start with you because you're, yeah. you're down the line here. Go ahead and tell, tell me your thoughts on the first Nightmare. I thought the first one, I saw the first one when, uh, I'm not sure exactly, what was it? Does anybody know the year off? So like 1983, 1984, 1984. <laughs> But I've seen it, of course, you know, a thousand times since. Uh, what, what I really liked about it was that um, 
because it was fresh, because it was a new concept, and because it was, uh, you know, the Freddy character hadn't become a cartoon yet, uh, there was an element of actual, like, horror to it. There was a, a concern. Yeah, it's super cheesy, and yeah, the cop dad is kind of weird, and, you know, I, I didn't but he's buy all this. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's he's beautiful. That's let's, just, let's just lay that out there. John Saxon is a beautiful individual. Okay, we, we got that. But okay. uh, moving on, uh, it was it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting because uh, if you watch the film again, I was lucky enough to see a 35 millimeter um, print of it with a bunch of the with a bunch of people there. Robert England was there, and it was really cool because you could see what it meant. I know I was such a I never saw it uh, at the theater when I was a kid. Obviously, it was such a cool experience to experience, you know, for the first time. What I'm sure to the people seeing it were there was nothing like it before. Uh, the the sort of as 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 you said, uh, Derek, the I, I, iconography built into it. This character stands completely on his own. And in horror, it was you know, before that, it was people were trying to do it, but I, there was nobody that just immediately stuck. And uh, Freddie stuck, and I really like that. And I, I think that there was a horror element, and there was the hint, the you know, the child molestation hint thing, and all that was all built in. And this guy was a horrible thing, you know. You can't escape him. Everybody sleeps. You have a built-in problem. Everybody dreams, and he can traverse your dreams. So that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, I, I actually, going down the line, you'll find I actually really love the cartoon that he became. But I think there's a pure sort of, in, the, in that first film, there's this distillation of an actual horror movie. And I think it's, honestly, I'd go so far as to say, uh, and I might be, I might be put up on a, a stick for saying this, but I think it's the only horror movie in the series. The rest are... You know, I don't know. I don't know what you call them, but I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's great. I, I like it for those reasons as well, because I think uh, one is a combination of that was an era where Wes Craven, his films just had this look and this feel to them where they were rough around the edges. Yeah. Uh, they had that stock feel to them, like he was shooting on, on low grade uh, stock, uh, really contrasty. The makeup was gooey. There was, and he, you didn't really get a good look at him. He was always in the shadows and his voice and just every, because I think everything that he said had this hint of sexuality to it that made, you know, just every action that much creepier and that much more fucked up. Like you didn't know if he was going to kill them or he was going to molest them or what the hell he was going to do. And uh, I loved it. I, I remember watching that thing and being generally creeped out. And I, I will disagree a little bit, and we'll, I'll go a little more into it once we hit number two, because I think number two is also a horror film as well. And I think Freddy is a horror character in number two as well. So uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, Glenn. Go ahead and uh, say your piece about number one. Uh, well, I saw it in the theater. Uh, and I remember walking out of the theater but with a friend of mine. He's talking about how much he liked it. And I go, yeah, but did you see the Evil Dead that they had on the TV? <laughs> he's like, that's what, you, that's what you remember? I'm like, I got hooked on it. I saw that. And all I thought about for the last of the movie was Evil Dead. So we snuck back in and we saw it again. And he told me to stop fucking having a boner over uh, Evil Dead. <laughs> he kept nodding you saying, get your hand out of your fucking pants. Maybe. Um, <laughs> the hole in the popcorn buckets for yeah um, right right but uh yeah i mean it it was so much better than almost anything i had seen up till then as far as horror went it was 
in a completely different vein. I mean, just the whole, fuck, now I can't even fucking sleep. That was the thing. It's like, Freddy's going to get you when you're sleeping. And I'm like, well, fuck, that's what I like. That's what I do all my cool shit. Now there's this fucked up dude in my head when I'm sleeping. That's why I'm a Viking, man. When I get to do my manly stuff. And it, it, I was like fucking, you know, I was what? I was 13. I thought, I thought Derek said to not masturbate. Yeah. Glenn, you're awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who masturbates to Vikings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> awesome. So two thumbs but up. Not in the gateway. You know, like two no, men no, 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 in a manly way. Each other off while invading England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's that explains the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No wonder they call it Bifrost. Yeah. <laughs> Let's read oh, this man. in, boys. Otherwise, we're going to be all pantsless and fucking jerking off the Vikings here in a second. Andrew, you're up next. In a Go second? <laughs> uh, well, I was like seven years old when I saw it at the uh, North 85 Twin Drive-In. My parents were bikers, and they just loved to go see horror movies at the drive-in with their friends. So the kids were left to just play on the playground, but me, I was way too curious about it so I watched and uh, like I said there was the one kid at school that had seen it too so we talked about it and as a kid you know your bed is where you're safe from bad things pull the covers over and you're fine so that was terrifying that was horrifying but uh, as a grown-up as an adult it's my favorite of the entire series and um, I think it's genius the commentary that Wes Craven made about the way that adults fuck over kids and you can tell that's a total Vietnam era mentality of you know the the, the grown-ups sending the young people off to be slaughtered, you know, they they basically, because of the sins of the fathers and the mothers, all the kids die. I just right. think it's, it's my favorite one. It's awesome. Yeah, it was one of the few of the series other than as I uh, as I'll say a little bit more once we get to number two, uh, number two and number one really were the only ones that kind of had some subtext to them. Where the rest of them, they were they were cashins. That's that's a, that's a, just my opinion. I know not everybody feels that way, but so what yeah, was the what was the hold on? What was the subtext to the second one? It's okay to be gay. I think just, so. I think yeah, so. No, I, think I really. Okay, well, it's, it's, I mean, I wasn't not. making a joke. I was I was making a serious comment. Okay. No, I think so. But let's 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 save that uh, for for once we get to number. <laughs> but two. I don't wanna <laughs> get in line, Mo. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mark, you're up next. Go. Um, uh, for me, yeah, I saw it when I was nine, uh, nine or ten, and uh, I really loved it. I liked the fact that up until then, most of the slashers that I had seen didn't really seem to have much of a personality. I mean, you had, you know, you had some, but mostly they were in masks or whatnot. And Freddy was not just your mindless or your your ghost killer, your boogeyman. He he had a voice. He had a personality. He was a person, a, a true character for, you know, back then when I was looking at characters. So that really got me the fact that, oh, you know, this is a guy. This isn't just some boogeyman. This is this is a guy who, who talks. He has thoughts. He, he you know, it, that, I think that added the extra level to it. And why, going back and watching it, I think for me, I really like it's probably my favorite of the series as well because it embodies that 80s horror so well. Everything about the 80s was about teenagers 
I mean, if you think about it, from the music to the pop culture to everything was really geared towards that demograph. And I think Nightmare on Elm Street really embodies all of that, what they were trying to go for with the, you know, uh, with the pop culture. You know, you had the 80s music in there. You had the, the clothing, everything about it. Just and I just loved it. And it was a true horror film, scared the hell out of me and and made me uh, stay up at night. So, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it as well. I think, you know, it, it is the true horror of film of the series uh and and freddie was just scary because he actually talked and, and had a personality all right mo you're up oh i get to talk yes you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about now no, I'm just, I'm masturbating vikings oh okay in that case uh um yeah i was gonna say if i mean if we want my history of uh me with nightmare on elm street um, yeah, I saw the first one when I was seven, but that was in 87. So it had already made it to cable TV by that point. I think it was, I, I think basically the same, I, I have sort of the same story as, uh, as Don did. I used to, uh, uh, sneak out into my living room, uh, after everybody had went to bed and, uh, we had one of those awesome black boxes that gave you all the free channels. So I would watch, <laughs> <laughs> so I would watch, uh, I think the statute of limitations is up on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we would watch I, yeah so basically i'd spend i'd spend my entire evening well usually until like three or four in the morning watching like well whatever whatever was coming on hbo or showtime or whatever and and obviously like the the naked channels because <laughs> so yeah, you're talking I, about the naked channels this yeah, is interesting yeah. please elaborate <laughs> I, well, I actually I didn't have the naked channels. I had the I had the thing where you had to go between the two channels back and forth really fast. Nice. And every once in a while it would miss sync and you'd and get like stay. twenty seconds. <laughs> Before it went back to black and white. That's and like white. Yeah, exactly. That's like training. Like can let's, I let's, can I make something happen in twenty in that twenty seconds? Let's put it let's put it this way. I was the only kid in second grade who knew what electric blue was. So <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the first one. It's it's a great it's a great movie. Uh, I think I kind of I mean I think we're all pretty much going to be in agreement with I don't I doubt you know either um, either of the last two people who's they're tiny on my screen so I can't see them right now. I, I doubt either of them is going to say oh well I fucking hated the first one you know. But uh, <laughs> but I mean yeah I'm in, I'm in total agreement with what everybody says. So far. Great it's a great movie. I don't I don't think it's the best of the series, but I appreciate it because it's the first. Yeah, that's that's, that's well put. I I agree that I no, think it wasn't. It's the, oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch! Um, I think it's the best of the series. That's just my personal opinion. But Ray, you're up. Okay. Um, well, I do think it is the best of the series, and. Um, you know, I remember when I was in sixth grade, this was the fall of 84 when I started seeing the commercials for the movie. And two things, you know, I, I had very um, sheltering parents. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch our movies at my parents' house till I was like 18, so I always had to go to my friend's house. But I remember when I saw the ads on, the, the, on TV, the Freddy with the really long arms going down the alley, and then Nancy, uh, or Heather Langenkamp getting her feet caught on the gooey stairs. You know, I remember watching that and thinking, wow, I have to see this movie. Yeah, uh, even though now when you look at that scene, you're like, man, that's like the worst special effect. Ever. Right, <laughs> right. But, you know, the, what, what I, you know, it's still, it's stuck. You know, I, I was 11 mm -hmm. and it was blowing my mind. But um, the movie works on a lot of levels. We've already mentioned the social commentary. 
And then this is a, a you know horror movie appeals to the pop culture, but yet you have uh, you know ideas about Jungian archetypes on the you know with the dreams and everything. And then it also works even for childlike the childlike level because ultimately you know through burning, smashing, whatever else, exploding, this is the one movie monster that how how does he die? He, he he dies in the way that we've kids children have been told through the ages. It's a nightmare. You stop believing in it. It can't hurt you, and it goes away. And so I really liked that. This wasn't you know somebody that had to be chopped up or whatever. It was just very yeah. childlike. This is how you get rid of the monster, and and it worked on a lot of levels. The big, my biggest complaint about the movie, and I know there's a suspension of disbelief, obviously, but that whole end sequence where you know um, Nancy says, "Okay, so wake me up in or, or you know give me 20 minutes," and in 20 minutes she makes like all these home munitions things that would take like 20 man hours. <laughs> she read a book, dude. She read Followed out the light bulb and had the gunpowder and everything and did all that in 20 minutes. She's awesome. She's about amazing. the knowledge, brother. That's right. I guess That's she's right. into survival. But, you know, I'll tell you that it, it is. It's a fantastic horror movie. Freddy's the best of the horror movie characters. Uh, yeah, it's the best in the franchise. Cool, cool, cool. Mrs. Atomic, you're last on the block. Well, I saw it, in, I think, in junior high. I remember we rented the movie, um, me and a friend. I'd never seen anything like it before. I loved it, loved it. I, um, We both got really obsessed with it, and every couple months we would get together and we would re-rent it and when the new ones come out we we were too young to see them in the theater so we rent them and do marathons and watch like you know when when three came out and you watch one two and three in a row and um i i loved it i think it's really um it really speaks to me in a lot of ways like how there's a lot of surreal elements to it um the idea of of being vulnerable. I mean, you're very vulnerable when you're sleeping. You don't know what's consciously going on. And that is really spooky to me. And also, um, Freddy is just awesome. He's so cool. He's um, creepy, but he's also really dynamic. Even in the first film, you don't see him very much. And I didn't actually realize that until I watched it again. Uh, you don't see him very much. He's very hidden in the shadows. And yet there's something very dynamic about it. Um, and for me, at the time, I didn't realize this, but re-watching it, most of the films um, are actually, they have a main character is female, and, or there's some kind of female story going on with, you know, some of the girl characters are more, a little more prominent. And I think for me, that spoke to me more than some of the other horror type movies with serial movies, because I didn't have anything to identify to as much with those. Yeah, and I, did with uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I think you bring up a really good point there because I think the final girls in all of the Nightmare films are drastically different and more dynamic than just about any of the other series. Yeah, for, uh, Night or Halloween had uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, but effectively all she was was somebody just getting stalked and she screamed and ran away. And it's the same thing with uh, the Friday 13th series is that really? Those everyone in that series is just a matter of who who got who lasted the longest, and it was always a female. So it wasn't like these characters were strong characters. Where in the Nightmare series, the majority of them, be it be it Nancy, be it Alice, be it uh, Kristen, 
they all had a fairly well-rounded character. They had to go through some sort of story arc in order to get to this final confrontation with Freddy. So I, I think of all of these series, yeah, the women of, of the Nightmare movies really were a, a lot more dynamic. Yeah, and going back to the, um, there was an element of sexuality to the films as well. Um, specifically, I remember a part that stays out in my mind from the first one, um, where the Johnny Depp character gets killed, and then uh, Nancy picks up the phone, and then the tongue comes out, and he's yeah. like, her boyfriend now, Nancy. And I remember that always, like, really sticking in my mind. Um, it's just very provocative and interesting, creepy, and I just thought it was great. You know, what's funny is that there was a highly effective bit. I remember for about a year after that movie came out, uh, my mom and aunt would alternately call one another randomly and, you know, yell into the phone, I'm your boyfriend. They didn't have cell phones. They're just fucking the phones attached to the wall. I remember my mom, she like gets picks up the phone I'm a kid, I'm playing Legos, I'm watching whatever's on, I'm watching Mask or whatever's on the TV, whatever cartoons on, and a phone rings, and my mom picks up the phone, hello? And then I just hear, and she just drops the phone and screams. And she's, God damn it, Jennifer! Picks up the phone, and I it didn't, I never, I never put that together until much later when I was watching the, the film. But yeah, there was a very, that really hit ladies, I mean... I, well, it's because the phone a, looked like a, a vagina with a tongue coming out of it. Right, and yeah. then it's right in her mouth, too, and it's... Yeah, uh, a lot going on there. Yeah. The sexuality of, of the first two films, I think, is kind of what almost makes it a little more creepier than than the normal horror film is that there's there's just like this element where, you know, dreams and horror and sexuality, they just kind of tie into each other. And I always loved it. I always thought it, it made it a lot more provocative and interesting than the majority of this stuff. Now, if there is there anybody that has other than ray have any problems with this film or is it basically can we can just consider it yeah this classic is double awesome. thumbs up let's move on yeah someone is coming back to elm street he is not friendly he is not patient and he is not a welcome visitor no no but he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside him. Find him! You are not afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Watch out for him. We'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, part two. All my children now. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> to go from uh, the high to what many consider 
the fucking uh, shitstorm bottom of a fucking uh, outhouse. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Speaking of sexuality, uh, this movie is just about the epitome of the subtext, as I was talking before, is, is pretty overt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our main character is obviously uh, a man that's conflicted about his sexuality, Hello, but it doesn't boys. come out. <laughs> Freddie helps with that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I love this movie. I really, really genuinely like Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Not because it's a good film, but because it's interesting. <laughs> Which I can't say about some of the latter Nightmare on Elm Street films. They're just something, they're just some films where there's something about them that, that uh, kind of sp- speaks in, in uh, entertains <laughs> me. And this film always had, and maybe it was one of those things where, because the first Nightmare in this one, I, as we all, I'm sure, were, were uh, Denzians of the, the freaking VHS rental store back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I remember always seeing number one and number two and wanting to rent those movies constantly. I did. I rented them all the time to the chagrin of my fucking parents. They hated it every time because they'd be like, oh, go get, us a, go get a movie for the family to watch. And I'd always bring out like Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> And they'd be like, God, we got to watch this fucking dude hitting his dresser drawer with his ass again. Um, I mean, um, but I, I really like this film. I think it's dark. It's interesting. Is it hokey? Oh, fuck yeah. Is it, is it awkward? Yeah. Is the acting awful? Yeah. Um, I love shit films, though. I, I really do. I, it's, there's something really charming about this film that I like a lot. And I think it's literally the last truly scary Freddy of nightmare films who here let's let's just do a show of hands or just say yes or no let's go down the line who here actually likes this film don fucking hate it okay glenn i actually kind of enjoy it andrew love mark yeah it's not my favorite of the series at all mo hello boys <laughs> is that a yes <laughs> i'm uh iffy on it yeah, uh, okay. i used to i used to really hate it and now i'm kind of okay with it uh much like my sexuality good for you i, I love hearing that great <laughs> uh there are parts of it that i enjoy a lot but overall i'm not a big fan miss atomic when i was younger i actually it was my very least favorite um i don't as a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it doesn't seem to fit the series. It, no, it really doesn't. It doesn't, uh, but there's something that I like about rewatching it. There, I, I do like it. Mm-hmm. I do. There's, a, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in two that doesn't fit what they had just set up from the first yeah. one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem I had when I watched it when I was younger. I was expecting more of the same, and this one took a completely left turn because yeah. it was during that era when they didn't quite know how to handle sequels if your name wasn't Lucas or Spielberg. Right. So the studios were like, oh, shit, we, we can make something of this, and they went completely 90 degrees. And I'll, I'm with Tanya on this. Uh, uh, first, I t- when I watched it when I was young, hated it. Now, while I still don't like it as much as the other films i appreciate it more because i saw what they were doing with it but it is really that uh oddball out of the series that just is a completely different concept than basically the rest of the the franchise yeah i think this one of of all of them is the last 
interesting one to me. And by interesting, I mean it actually tries to do something other than just tell the story of Freddy. It tries to it, – it, it's just weird. It's such a weird fucking movie. I, there's there are a couple scenes that I think are the some of the best scenes of the, the entire series, like where he rips away his scalp and his brains pulsating and, and all that shit. I fucking love that effect. That scene. Yeah, but let's but let's not forget the, that the lead up to that effect is incredibly homoerotic. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I need you, Jesse. I, you know. There's part, part of me that thinks it doesn't bother me in the slightest. No, no, it doesn't yeah. bother me at all. I'm just saying it's, uh, you know, it's not I, very Freddy. I don't get yeah, it, it's super not Freddy. Freddy, Freddy yeah, for all the the teenager stuff that we wanted to talk about about the first one, that movie was about a guy who fucked little kids and then yeah, was murdered right. by yeah. by a town of people. His yeah. his thing was he he was into fucking little kids and these teenagers with all their like fantasies where he could he could kill them, but he only killed them because they were the kids of the people who burned him alive. I mean, yeah. having him enter this guy who's the only pathway <laughs> in the real world. Guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> None of this stuff doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I, I, I think, yeah, it's cool to be odd and different or whatever. Hellraiser 5 is probably an awesome movie if it's not fucking Hellraiser. I agree <laughs> it's a very interesting one. movie. I agree I, with you on that. that it's, it's a cool, like, noir demon movie thing kind of sexy, kind of weird, shot brilliantly, but it's not fucking Hellraiser, so don't pretend that it's Hellraiser and put Hellraiser on it. Yeah, it's fine that it's different, but I don't think that difference is valid. I didn't go to, I didn't seek out uh, Nightmare on Street 2 to see some bullshit that they kind of slapped Freddy into uh, as the default guy who's going to take over the main guy, and uh, I, that's why I think, you know, three and up. I, you came out of the first one with an idea. You go into the second one with that idea. If you're going to do a sequel, do a James Cameron on the sequel. Take the original idea and, like, you know, grow the idea. Don't give me something completely out of left field because I feel you, you do two damages. You damage the property itself, and then you damage the the value that that cool film that you could have made with all those twisted, crazy ideas. Those are all undercut by the idea that the whole time I'm waiting for fucking Freddy, like real Freddy. Halloween <laughs> 3. Freddy. Halloween 3. <laughs> it was scripted already, and then they needed a sequel to Freddy, and they kind of tried to fit Freddy into a different movie. That's how it kind of felt to me. Right. Well, on the on the documentary, the director flat out says that you know he he kind of just got the nod for it, and they kind of had a half big script thrown together, and it, it was breaking all the rules of what you know essentially uh, the first film had set up. I don't know; it doesn't feel that off to me. Like the idea that dogs Fred- with faces. Oh, <laughs> all I'm saying, I love that fucking stuff. But but honestly, is it that far out to think that Freddy would want to jump into somebody's body and? Come back to life. The, the, the premise that, was that, that there's no the premise threat. Is cool. the, the, the threat, the, the threat is in that movie. The threat is that some bro is going to come stab me to death. The threat in the first one is I can't fucking go to sleep. Right. If I go to sleep, I'll wake up dead by some strange contraption that happened while I was fucking asleep. That's yeah. scary and worrisome, and that's like the core right. of Nightmare on Elm Street. Having some dude run around and just essentially be the slasher that that. Pulls out all the guts. <laughs> uh, first, we're, first we're entering men, now we're pulling out. Man. <laughs> so it, it, it the does, conversation's does, really does, taking a turn. Mo, Mo, you're going there. You're going there instantly, man. It's like top of mind for you. Like, 
I'll, I'll agree with Don that it does become instantly less scary when I can simply go, I'll just lock the door. Problem yeah. solved. Right. I'll hit that right. motherfucker with a baseball bat three times in the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, to, to me, it, it, while I kind of like it, it, it feels like he's like, well, I got to make this Freddy movie, but I really want to do a Freud documentary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. They obviously had to do what, what they were going to do with it. So, anybody else, final thoughts on Nightmare 2 other than everybody? Uh, is Since really, I said really one word about it, of entering into men. <laughs> Since I said one word about it, do I get a few more? Yes, please, please do. I need somebody else other than me. Was that one? <laughs> was was that one word gay? <laughs> no. No, I said Viking gay. I said that I loved it, and and uh, when I was a child, I did not love it. I hated it because it disrupted the continuity between one, three, and four. I was like, ah, this doesn't. This my. I hate this movie. But as an adult, um, I sat in on a panel that was a Scream Queens panel, except there was one man on the panel with Linnea Quigley and all the usuals. It was Mark Patton from Nightmare Two, and uh, I was like, why is he a Scream Queen? Mark Patton's gay. Mark Patton is a yep. gay guy. All right. Yep. So oh, yeah. the, the movie to me now, it's like, all right, how do I enjoy the Nightmare on Elm Street series? Do I like the continuity of the character, Freddy? Or do I like the continuity of the story and characters? But the series is all over the place. He's never the same twice except for I believe he's the same in one and two. And I like Nightmare on Elm Street because I like Freddy Scary. And mm-hmm. to me, that was, like Derek said, that was the last time I felt there was continuity between the Freddy from one and the Freddy from two and the part where they're the two guys are in the room together and Freddy just bursts out of them. I mean, that is the origin of queer horror cinema, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> I, I honestly, and, and this is, I'm just going to, we'll Talk wrap this up with this. I, I think it's the last truly interesting nightmare film. I mean, the other films are good. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's the last film that actually had something going on underneath the surface other than <laughs> this is a slasher and Freddy's there. So laugh at me all you want. I honestly, that's that. No, I was laughing at what you said because my brain is like three years old right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there. The the rest are trying to please the fans of the series, and part two didn't give a shit. Right. I I I disagree with that last statement only because when we get into the 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 Dream Warriors and the Dream Master, those two specifically, there's a it's 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 world building now where we're creating the lore. Nightmares. They have a way of coming back. First you have one, then another. And before you can scream yourself awake, you find yourself plunging into a nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yes, it's your favorite bad dream, once again slashing its way into the hearts of America with... Hold it right there, Squidness! If you think I'm going to settle for just another sleazeball video promotion, you must be dreaming. Now, granted, we spin away from that lore, but my huge, like, my favorite uh, horror film of all time is Hellraiser. What Hellraiser opened up was this idea where it's not a guy with a fucking knife or a guy with knife on his hands. It's, it's, it is not even pierced nipples. No, no, no. Those guys don't do anything. That's the thing. Those guys are arbiters, right? It's, it's actually. That, that's yeah. a movie about like horrific people doing horrific shit, right. but it, it has a like a it's steeped in this lore. And when you get to uh, Dream Master and you get to Dream Warriors, Dream Warriors first obviously, uh, there's a lore. We start building a lore. We world build, and that to me is the fantasy. That's '80s horror to me was fantasy. When we got back in the '90s, when we got back to this, you know, we're driving down the road and a guy is in a truck and he's going to chase us off the road and stab us to death. That's not interesting to me as a a kid of the '80s where everything had to be like. 
It couldn't be just that, like, I'm in love. Like, I'm in love with a robot, and she's from another planet, and we blew up that planet, and now Dr. Mordred's here. Like, that's that's what I need. To, that's that's my fantasy world. I, I really, I really want to see that movie. It's amazing. It's that's it. why I hired Jeff Combs for my yeah. movie. It was Dr. Fucking yeah. Mordred. That's that's legit. Dude, so, uh, that's great. Uh, when we get into uh, Dream Warriors, it starts. We start the lore. And that's I'm gonna I'm gonna transition transition us. Go right ahead, Don. Please. I and I'll, I'll answer your question. What did I think? I thought it was amazing because, like I said, we started the lore. I personally think that uh, hospital horror or you know institution horror is like the worst fucking horror. All of them to me are 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 uh, Dead Floor is the Lordy movie. It's all bullshit. Like I fucking can't stand it when the Asylum movie is the dumbest movie. I Exorcist, think like, Exorcist 3? Dumbest movie. I'm sorry. Oh, bad dreams. Get the fuck out it's, of it's, here. It's frustrating, <laughs> man. Like, it's, it's the worst setup. It's like you're in a place that's default you're afraid of. You're, you're, you're being treated by people who default you hate. And shit's happening to you by default. You don't know because you might be crazy. It's, yeah, it's just, the, it's... I know. The nurses are always hot. <laughs> well, yeah, the nurses are always hot. <laughs> uh, what was the okay, movie that shit... Focus power. Yeah, Nightmare Theory was was awesome because even though it was an institute, it was an asylum horror movie. Uh, it was a movie where we started to see these people have powers. We started to to because they were kookers, perhaps, perhaps because they were bonkers. We got to see the lore went deeper than this guy went into a fucking oven this one time because he put his dick inside a bunch of kids. Uh, and, and now, ah. it's like he enters, he enters the crazy world. Like he normally is the the controller of the. the oh, can we stop saying enters, please? <laughs> you're obsessed. You're, you're, you're turning <laughs> Mo on too much. Yeah, Mo, oh, no, no, there's, this, there's this idea that uh, in in Freddie Freddie uses what he's got. So like popping out from the bed and killing Johnny Depp. That's you know it's what's what's there. But when he when he's applied to a bunch of fucking crazy people, and he's in their dreams, it, it allows you to write this deep lore. Now, granted, I have to say, within one half of one movie later, that lore is destroyed. But I felt like there was a, a build, and we were entering fantasy territory. And I think it's even listed as a, a, a fantasy movie, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a fantasy yeah. slasher. Well, it's which is, my fantasy. <laughs> so anyway, I liked it. I, I, I would go so hard to say, and I, I know I whenever I talk to other horror fe- uh, people about this, I always get massive uh, flack for this, but I, I would say that it, it rivals one for creativity, not necessarily for ambiance or horror, definitely not for horror, yeah, right. but for giving me a world to jump into. That That's where it started. My love affair with, with uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movie started with, with three, because I saw that there was something more than a guy in a fucking sweater with a knife hand. Well, friend, allow me to... Uh to uh, make your day and say that three is absolutely my favorite one. Woo! Yeah. It's awesome. We are now bros. Or is it bros? <laughs> That's how people do on the internet. Do so we become bros now? Or what's... I don't know what's, I don't know what's gay or that or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Can I, can I make a comment real quick? Derek, I just want to say how offended I am that we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street and you've got a Friday the 13th poster behind you. I'm going to be straight up honest with you, Mo. I'm a Jason guy. <laughs> you saw it. I am 100%. Oh. <laughs> I, I you own a Sega Genesis. You own a Sega Genesis. <laughs> you fucking you had the shitty version of Street Fighter. You had the shitty Mega Man game. The dick Mega Man game. Right? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> 
Oh, but, no, but no, he, but no. he did. Your, your dad worked for Ford. Like it's all bad. But <laughs> he did. He did have the better version of Mortal Kombat. Uh, true, yes, true. That's yeah. true. With real blood, not green blood. Right. But he did have a purple Jason, so. Yeah. Yeah, there he is. Purple. <laughs> I think with Dream Warriors 3, it struck a chord with me again because, like you said, it was the fantasy element for wow. me. I liked it. Also, it was a little bit different spin on the horror because now you have the victims with potential of fighting back against right. the slasher. Exactly. You really. Like with his powers, even. You, you didn't get there too much. And in fact, not only did you get powers, but you could go toe to toe to him and yeah. actually make him feel nervous. Whereas most of your slashers during that time, even up into Dream Warriors, uh, you really didn't get that. Even with the last girl, you know, uh, where the other characters beside the last girl could put up some fight. Now, granted, they lost, but, um, you know, at least it gave you potential and the world that they built you know, and putting Freddy in something other than just the boiler room, that whole thing just just played with the imagination more. Yeah. Plus, this is yeah. the first one where we actually get breasts. So, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> in my dreams, I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> in the name of Loric, Prince of Elves, Demon Be Gone. <laughs> Sorry, kid. I don't believe in fairy tales. <laughs> Let's just straight up go that he is the worst fucking wizard on the face of the earth. He is what I call a shizzard, a shitty wizard. The guy, the guy is fucking awful. Yeah. He gets he gets he gets taken out by a fucking wheelchair. I mean, come yeah, on. That's rough. You are a shitty wizard. I am a yeah. shizzard. <laughs> there's a there's a little when the nurse is pulling off her, there's a little on the tape that I have of it. It, it waffles when you, when you watch it. <laughs> it's like pristine condition, and then the boobs come out because of the rewind, replay, rewind, replay. Do to your videotape after a while. <laughs> I was convinced forever that uh, because on on the VHS that I had, I still have that I've had since I was like freaking like. Whenever when did this come out? Fucking three came out in eighty seven. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Right yeah. next to Hellraiser. Yeah. Yes. I, I had this I was convinced that halfway through the song Dream Warriors that it actually sounded like whoa <laughs> forever. Forever until I actually got the tape. Yeah, can we throw out the Dream Warriors song? That's legit. It is the best song. <laughs> it is.
I just, I just want to sing it now. We should all sing it together. <laughs> you did say sting, right? <laughs> I can't say it. I think we missed something there. Yeah, we don't. I don't. That's yeah, not, it's that's, called that's talent. Not, <laughs> I think. I think. Whoa, Ty is now, the only you person better watch what you're fucking saying. We're, in this the We're talking about fucking Dawkin here, for Christ. <laughs> I'm not talking about Dawkin. I'm talking about you guys. Oh, oh <laughs> Mr. Viking masturbator gets testy. <laughs> what, what was that about testies? I can't say enter anymore. You've ruined enter. <laughs> to write a fucking script if I can't use the word enter. Sorry. What? So, wait, what, what's that one Bruce Lee movie? Pro enter the Dragon. Oh, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> uh, was John Saxon in that one? Yeah, the big boss. John Saxon was in okay, that one. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so let's just say my favorite aspect of this entire series is that John Saxon is in it. I don't care about anything else. Uh, John Saxon is is a beautiful individual, and I will gladly go gay for fucking John Saxon. I'll just put that out there. I, I feel the same way for Eddie Deason. No, no laughs for that one. <laughs> I think you know. There's, there's. I mean, I wasn't guys, lying. Like, I really would. I know Don's been on Astro Radio Z before, and uh, we we've kind of talked about you know he has this huge affinity for Jeffrey Combs. Me personally, that guy for me is John Saxon. I've always right. loved John Saxon since the Baba days, since the fucking uh, Bruce Lee films, and then especially because of these films. Not that he has huge parts in them. I just fucking. These films, I think, to all of us, were were such a huge part of our horror upbringing in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. were everywhere. They were literally You said, you said huge part. I love how uh, Tanya's just yeah. sitting there going, oh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Where are these, this yeah, is what dudes do. Butthead sound bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, have, I have to. I have to admit, I'm normally not this infantile, but they just <laughs> oh, they just keep I, saying trigger words. I can't help it. Oh, nice. I think we should jump to Tanya because she said nothing. Dude, can you weigh in on three for us before we, the guys take okay. over? <laughs> um, so three is my favorite of the sequels. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> um, I like it because partly because um, Nancy comes back. Mm-hmm. Yep. I adore her. I also like it because it it delves more into the the dream aspect and of people being aware more of what's going on in the dream world with Freddy and all that. Also, there's it does go away from scary though. Yeah. Be sort of interesting, more psychological, and there's also two gross out moments for me. <laughs> And I remember, um, as a kid, like nothing in any of the other movies I ever thought was too gross for me to look at. I mean, there were like some eerie things, scary things, whatever, but there was nothing too gross for me except for in the third. And I don't know if you guys want to guess what those two moments are, but oh. definitely, I I was just like, oh, that gives me goosebumps when I look at that. I the wrists, like, right? This is not I I. I can't think of this movie without wanting to break my legs. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the male perspective is a little different. So. Yeah, well, uh, the the one thing that grossed me out was the the vein part with the puppet. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. That I yeah. remember really wanting to turn away actually for like the first time. <laughs> 
ever seeing a horror film. And the second was the, um, do you remember the track marks part? Yes. Yeah, with the mouth. Yeah. That was, that was pretty freaky. Yeah, actually, what's funny is I forgot I loved it. just now. And you saying it just, it came back like a rock. Like, I think I blocked it out. It was a really great effect. I mean, those... <laughs> I am what? so What's wrong, guys? turned on by. <laughs> What's wrong, guys? Oh man! Oh, God. But I mean, her track marks just being little mouse. <laughs> okay, I'll turn it off. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah please turn it off because it's turning me on. Oh, mo. Let's just be honest. I think three has some of the best effects of the entire series. The freaking right. the the Freddy penis mouth yes. demon yeah, yeah yes what well, just in general the production value went shot up in it to where you have these elaborate sets now these elaborate effects versus what you had in the first two i mean you, you, the second one you still had it but this one really built different sets i remember re-watching it going wow the production value really shot up with three and this is where we started getting freddie as the wisecracker punny guy but it wasn't but it wasn't over the top punny yet it was still it, it was it transitional was, yeah it was transitional i i still like him with his puns in this one because they they fit they didn't seem like he was had to do it they just fit with the scenes that he was in and it seemed like the the progression of freddie you know he he would say such things now that he's in these different environments where before we didn't quite see him in these different environments so yeah. i i that's just for me. Well, and I agree on the, the whole, you know, higher production values because, as I recall, it was also a big leap in uh, the advertising. Because I remember when the first two came out, people knew about it, and there were posters and stuff. But when three came out, I remember everybody had the T-shirts. Everybody <laughs> had the posters hanging in their lockers. Everybody knew about it. There was, there had, was a, a budget jump. There was a budget jump. The first movie was, is budget, only- according to Wiki. Nice. Uh, according to Wiki, <laughs> was one point eight million. Two was three, and uh, three was five million. Yeah, and if you go to the numbers.com, you see that they tracked pretty much. Uh, they made ten times their budget for the first three movies. The first one made like uh, eighteen. Twenty-five. Or, did it make twenty-five? How, what what time is? Because I'm on the numbers. Are you on the I'm numbers on, or I'm on Wikipedia? Wikipedia? So I, it, you know, Wikipedia, it could be wrong, but that's okay. what. Well, I know that the second one made like thirty-three million or something. Uh, uh yep, thirty. And I think, 30, yeah. And I, I think so. So now you're a wiki guy. I think the the the, the, <laughs> the, the third one made like four and a half million, right? Or four, I'm sorry, forty-five million. Right. It was. It only cost four and a half million. So up until this point, yeah, it, you know, this was an industry. Like, well, this this got the star power two and three. I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get the same girl back in four. Unfortunately, but no, we got her cat. But if you look at the the star power that they kind of had, they actually had kind of up and coming names in there. You know, they were Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne, right? <laughs> but I mean, they they had Arquette in there. They had you know uh, Heather came. Out. They had some names in here. They had Dawkin doing the soundtrack. You know, yeah. which Dawkin was big at that day. This really was one of those that you know was their tentpole, saying we have a franchise. We're growing this thing. And, you know, people wanted to be involved in it because it was it was getting noticed. 
But hey guys, yeah. I need to do this. I gotta bail. I gotta go pick up my my kid sister from the airport. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I would love to do any other ones you guys have coming up. Really sorry to have to bail, but we did make it to three, which I would have to say is my favorite. So, awesome. awesome. Talk to you guys so later. Much, Don. I really appreciate you coming on and shooting the shit with us. Yeah, I'd love to come back. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, take care, Don. So I I know Tanya has been kind of a cock blocked here. Uh, left and right. She she was trying to say something. A well, little we are earlier. a bunch of cocks. So. Do you do you remember yeah. Tanya? What what you were trying to interject with? Oh, um, just the in in part three, his sort of witty comebacks and how it kind of starts there. Uh, for me, I didn't think it was cheesy in three because it was still scary. It was like he was mocking his victims. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think it cha- you know, changes as the series progresses, but I, I think in that one it works. Yeah, because there's still sort of that play where he's still dark. There's still not he's not front and center doing vaudeville and doing all this other <laughs> bullshit that he started doing in the latter movies. Um, so there was still intensity to his character. Um, Andrew, I know you've been pretty silent on this one. What what are, what are your thoughts, man? Bring it up. Tanya's uh, pretty much said the same thing that I that I feel it's my favorite of the sequels. I love the continuity it's got from part one. You know the carryover with Heather Langenkamp, and it almost feels like um, what Wes Craven might have done if uh, he'd been on board with uh, doing sequels. You know, right. and um, as a kid, I remember it was the first one I actually voluntarily watched, and the reason why I was got into it. That was my gateway movie is because it wasn't scary. I was scared of horror movies. I was terrified of them. I didn't like them. They were too much. But because Freddy was, uh, you could see his face, you know, he was shown more clearly. And he was doing things that were funny. And it was more cartoony, more of a fantasy, like you said, than horror. Um, That was basically the one that did it for me. But as an adult, I just love not just the continuity from one, um, but I love uh, the actors that are in it. Patricia Arquette is awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and it was really kind of the last time the movies had someone like that in them too. Right, right, right. Um, and speaking of the continuity, let's go to let's go on to number four now. Okay, could um, I? Could I throw? Sorry, Derek. Could I throw? Yeah, go right ahead, Greg. Go for it. Sorry, I had a few more. Um, and, and maybe you'll enjoy this. I kind of thought three. It felt like a ripoff of the Jason movies, and the, <laughs> the reason why is this: because in '84 we had the original Nightmare and Jason Part 4. Yes. And then in 85, we had Nightmare 2 and Jason 5, and they both kind of went off on separate yeah, stories, separate same. characters. Right. But in 86, Jason 6 came out, and it pulled back the character of Tommy from 4. Yeah, and Nightmare comes along a year later in 87 and does the exact same thing, brings back, you know, the Nancy character wasn't as young as Tommy, but still, was the hero, survived, da-da-da. Oh, let's bring her back with a new group of people taking on Freddy. Um, so I like that, but at the same time, I was like, huh, kind of doing the same thing Jason did a year before. But it is my favorite of the sequels. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. My final thoughts on it, uh, while I like 3 a lot, uh, I know this is going to be blasphemous, I almost think I like 4 better because 4 is so ridiculous and so over the top and so 80s. Um, it's just super entertaining for me. And Moe's just crapping himself. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, can, I, can tell you, I can tell you this much. I never fell asleep watching 3. Uh, I can tell you this much. I almost did this last time I just watched it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Boom. 
Yeah, uh, it's just what I don't know what it is. I maybe it's because I've seen it so many times that maybe I'm kind of burnt. Um, I don't know. I I'll be honest. I watched it. That's probably the one I've watched the most is number three. I mean, it, growing up, it was the it was the fucking shit, no doubt. You know, you know, I could you could almost say that three was the Star Trek four of the series in that. What the like fuck does saying, that mean? Yeah, yeah, no. Just, just, see where, just see where I'm going. All right, go for it. Go for it. Star, Star Trek Four, when it came out, Star Trek Four was the least Star Trekky of the series. That was the one that people who weren't into sci-fi could go see and follow. We're gonna and, save some whales and shit. Yeah, yeah. And people <laughs> liked it, but I mean, it was the least Star Trekky in the Dream Warriors. It's what we were kind of saying. It was more fantasy than a deep, serious horror film. So it wasn't quite as scary because Freddy was throwing out his puns. You know, it was a little more fanciful. So whereas uh, I forgot who said it was their gateway movie. Uh, Andrew, was it? Yes. Uh, I can see where that would be a lot of people's gateway movies into horror because it wasn't that horror. It had the horror elements in it. But it wasn't as scary as the previous two nightmares, and you could ease into it. Someone yeah. who maybe be curious about horror, but you don't want to really freak the hell out of them, could watch Dream Warriors and go, "Oh, okay, this is kind of a gory fantasy film." Right. Which came out, you know, and and to go to Ray's thing about Jason and and Freddy, yeah, well, Jason ripped off from Freddy by having their last girl have powers and fight Jason in seven. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there. So. I kind of felt like, um, I don't know if this is true, but when I watched rewatch three, I felt almost like it was like, okay, two isn't working for, for us. Let's bring back all these elements from one, like bring back some of the same actors, bring back all these themes and, and make make it so it goes in a different direction so it follows more where the first that's just kind of what i felt from it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 super plot heavy i mean it, there's there's a lot going on in number three um where number two is a little more simpler of a plot number three is just so plot heavy there's so much going on so much backstory going on um but yeah it's i i think it's a consensus number three is the best everyone i'm not going to agree with you but I'll, I'll give you guys that that round. Uh, number four, pure, as I said before, pure fucking 80s. Do you know what terror is? Hello. Do you live here? Nobody lives here. Real terror. How long has it been? Since you've been on Elm Street. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. He is the first in fear. Second to none. Don't let them put you to sleep. He has no mercy. Now no one sleeps. Get ready. This August, your wildest dreams will come true. How sweet, fresh mint. 
A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. The Dream Master. This movie is excessive. It's Freddy the Blockbuster. It's uh, the special effects and the camera work. It's it's half dash. It's all over the place. But it's so fuck. It's got Billy Idol in it for Christ's sake. Um, it's it's ridiculous. But I fucking love this movie. I I just rewatching it. I never used to be a huge fan of it, but rewatching it, there was something about it that was just so that put a smile on my face because it was so ridiculous and so over the top. All of the dialogue is horseshit. But uh, I think everyone does it with charm, and it, it's really fun. Uh, my, that's my thoughts. Let's just let's just all group chime in. Go for it. Who wants to, Who wants to jump on this? True oh, master. The idol was in it. I don't remember this. No, he wasn't in it. The scene that I know every guy on this panel knows what scene fucking that Billy Idol song is on because the one where the <laughs> chicks in the fucking pardon my French is in the the waterbed. And, you know, uh, I, I like to kill Joey. I like how you said how you said fucking and then said pardon my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do get enjoyment for the last same reasons you do, Derek, because it is it is so eighties. I mean, if if this was any more nineteen eighties, it'd be fucking year of the comet, is what it would be. I mean, it's just <laughs> the only thing that's missing is you know it's like if they should have set the whole thing in a mall in the Valley Girls. Yeah, girls. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's just it's so like oh my god, it's Freddy. <laughs> so far from where the first one was, as far as horror, that it's it's they're with the exception of Freddy being in it, it's not even the same beast at all anymore. It's just it's completely morphed into almost like a character, yeah, of, of what the original yeah. was. But I still enjoy it because it is yeah. it is so corny and off the wall and fucking stupid. The fucking karate scene. Let's just throw the karate <laughs> scene out there. That scene is I so like fucking ridiculous. Scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> so do it I. Is ridiculous, but I like it. Although although it did freak me the fuck out having having a water bed of my own. The every every time scene. I had to like change the sheets, I like pull it back but to see someone staring back at me and be like. Fuck. And it wasn't a Viking. <laughs> it wasn't, unfortunately. I think with I think with four, yeah, it was eighties, and it's definitely one of those epitome films where they really didn't know what to do anymore with it, especially when Dream Warriors take off. So they're like, I don't think I agree with you on that. I think they knew think exactly they knew? what that series was at that point. I think at four, they're like three hit. Let's just regurgitate three, do the same kind of stuff, and just make it bigger and more ridiculous. Yeah, well, they, you know, the, I like the Dream Master idea. But yeah, Freddie really was basically a caricature, like you know, Glenn said. Uh, he he basically was wafer thin versus what he was in the first first three. He now was the somewhat not comic relief, but just the the added guy. And the story switched from following him to her, and and it was it, it threw me off because you know you got the different actress too who wasn't as good. Wow. <laughs> and, and she yeah. sang the theme song. But the worst thing was they did the thing that I I, I kind of I really hate. They did it with Hostile Two, and they do it with some of these other sequels to where you have the surviving members from the previous film, and we're gonna knock them off within the first fifteen right. minutes of the yeah. sequel. And I really hate that because it totally diminishes 
what happened in the previous film then? It, it really right. just... Right. What the, why the fuck am I invested in these characters uh, if they're just going to die in the, fr- you know, five, ten minutes into the next movie? I, you, I, think, you know? I think, I actually think, I hate to cut you off. I hate, I hate, no, I that's think okay. one, of the, one of the big reasons why I dislike Four so much is exactly that. The fact that they killed off Kincaid, you know, and uh, what's the other one's name? Joey. Joey. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Joey. Like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, that just it uh, just gets my skin crawling. and I get so angry, you know, like the fact that like those were like, well, Kincaid specifically was one of my favorite characters from three. So, like, here I am watching my favorite character from the previous film, not my absolute favorite, but, you know, one of my favorite characters from the previous film getting killed. He got his ass handed to him. It right. cheaply too. It wasn't just. It wasn't just like he had a major throwdown. He he got aced pretty quick and in, in, in cheap manner. They all did. Yeah, they basically yeah. all did. And it, you would have thought maybe you carry at least you know those other guys over to help with the the crazy people in the asylum or something to teach them how to do this. But no, no, we're just gonna off everybody off and do like they did in Alien Three, and we're gonna kill and make a know, dog alien. Our, our yeah. two favorite characters newt and you know (laughs) we're gonna kill off the marine and newt and okay you just totally you know threw out the second you know the previous movie then it just that's something that really ticked me off about four as well i was that really bugged me that you know opening sequence okay and as i recall you know it was first kincaid and then joey and then chris and they're just gone as like oh well okay that's that. <laughs> well, it didn't. It didn't bother me as much as it, not to jump ahead, but the way all of a sudden number five starts, and where were all these other fucking people that all of a sudden she was these deep friends with that all of a sudden just pop up <laughs> in number five? It's just fucking ridiculous. But anyways, number four, Andrew, yeah. tell me, tell tell me about number four. Uh, man, when I was a kid, that one was the fucking. That was my favorite one. I, that was by that time. <laughs> Every T-shirt I had, every poster in my room, I was him for Halloween every year. He was my he was my hero, you know. He's like he was the guy in that movie. It was ultimate when I went to see it. I was just like fuck yeah for everything. Yeah. But, um, a funny thing happened. Uh, many many years later, very recently, they put out this great documentary, Never Sleep Again, which yeah, is about great. the whole series, Amazing. right? So I'm watching that with a friend of mine who's really into horror movies. We get to part four, and she's like, "Wait, stop it! I've never seen the Dream Master," and I'm like. Are you fucking shitting me? You've never seen the Dream Master? And you know, that's like 13-year-old me going like, we gotta stop this right now. We gotta watch it. And we watched it, and I was like, fuck this movie. I really am sorry I made you watch this movie because to me, other than some of the great special effects that it had, Freddy was Bugs Bunny basically. Yeah. And yeah, some yeah. of those kills, particularly the, the karate one. What horror series can you tell me where the bad guy doesn't even fucking show up for his own kill scene? <laughs> Freddy's not even in it. He's invisible. It's super cheap. That fucking but the, but the, so cheap. The worst thing about it is it became, even though it was very imaginative and creative with its kills, um, creative kills was the name of the game for slasher movies by that time. Yeah, and it's right. just about setting them up and knocking them down. So I was... I I don't it is in my bottom rung of the Elm Street movies as a as a grown up and that's sad because he became he was totally one of my heroes for the movie so there's like my nostalgia feelings for it but the crashing crushing reality and it's just not a good movie right it's well, my, it it's, is it's my second yeah it's my second least favorite I, I like the phrase crushing reality just because it that movie has what to me is probably the worst 
of the kills, and that's the uh, the the girl, the weightlifter cockroach. Cockroach. <laughs> oh, 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 no. How can you not oh, like that scene? The they go in, but they can't come karate. out. I mean, <laughs> right. I think Andrew illustrated that perfectly. I mean, literally rewatching it last week when it came up, I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So he's, we're just going to do the Invisible Man here, where he's just going to be <laughs> horribly kicking at that. Let's just say the best montage of the entire fucking series is that training sequence where he puts on, he's listening to that fucking awful '80s tune, Drama Rama, yes. anything, anything. Oh, yes. yeah, it's awesome. It, he, you can't tell me for one second this dude's ever taken a fucking karate class. <laughs> and, and, if, and, if I, and if I remember correctly from the documentary, like that actor demanded that that scene be put in. That's like, hilarious. Like I don't, I don't think that that scene actually. I don't think any of the karate stuff actually meant to, was in the film originally. I think he demanded to be because he had taken some classes or something. I forget what they said specifically, but it's really amazing. Like they had it all this, they added all this stuff, and like for essentially nothing. Well, well no, it crumbled, they it crumbled under like its a, own weight, you know, of all the special one, effects. One thing it did. One thing it seemed like too is they couldn't quite make up their mind whether or not they wanted to keep the strong female character or have her fall back into being, you know, Freddy's victim. It just seemed to jump back and forth a little bit till near the end where suddenly she's got the dream power in that. But, you know, it's. I hated that, by the way. Like when all of a sudden she can do everything. Yeah, it's kind of Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, so but do it, you think that? that uh, so, so do you? Not to keep focusing on this karate scene, but it's fucking amazing. <laughs> to me. But do you think they that, that they filmed that on on a porno set? Red shoe diaries, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Why were the floors sticky? No, just all the flowing garb in the background, just really yeah. softly lit. It looked like a fucking porno set. I, I think I read somewhere that Wes Craven and um, Robert England's favorite sequel was Four. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly, but... Maybe because they got checks from it. I think it made yeah. the most money, too. <laughs> right. No, I got, well, I got it. I got to tell you, there's a pretty good reason why four would be their favorite. Uh, I mean, it, it, as as and this is generally the case when it comes to really bad movies, is that it looked like it was probably a lot of fun to make. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I have to say I don't hate it. Um, it is it, it does turn the series kind of silly, but for a fan of the series, I, even you know at the time it came out, it was just kind of like more of the same for me as a younger person. And now I guess because of the nostalgia. You know, 80s stuff and the fun of it, I guess. I don't hate I think it's interesting, at least. But it does turn silly there. And it does... One of the things that bugs me about it is it tries really hard to be cool and to put in all these trendy things. <laughs> yeah. You almost expect them to be playing with Rubik's Cube. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that, that got to me about that particular one. It's just, it's trying too hard to be, to be in, to be cool. Yeah, no, I think you're it, dead it was on like about that. like the 21 that. Jump Street of the Elm Street movies. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, it, it definitely is trying to hit, like, like when I said it's the blockbuster of the series, is that it was trying to hit that target demographic, hit all of the, the things that would bring in all of the kids. Because, I mean, let's just face it. This is, I believe this is around the same time when, let me look at my numbers here, 88. 
I believe this is around the same, just about on the cusp of uh, when Freddy's Nightmares started coming out yes. and yeah. all of that yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So this is where it was. I mean, it was a freight train. And this movie just kind of like, yeah, Andrew's point of himself. I think he's dead on, man. This is that's what this movie is. It's the blockbuster of the series. Give it or take it. I, I think it's entertaining as fucking hell. Is it dumb as fuck? Yeah, it's absolutely dumb as fuck. Uh, but not as dumb as fuck as number five. His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. Please don't let him do that! His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. But now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy. Wanna make babies? What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant. Even if he has to adopt. No! Do unborn babies dream? When it comes to chills. It happened while I was awake. When it comes to screams. The party just start. When it comes to pure terror. Bone appetite. <laughs> no one delivers like Freddy. Better buckle up. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. It's a boy! When it comes to terror, remember, Freddy knows best. Uh, number right. five to me is is the, my second least favorite of the series. Um, mostly because, as I stated before, they just, like, all of a sudden, everyone dies from the previous one in the beginning, very unceremoniously. And then all of a sudden, all these new kids that, let's just face it, they're the most faceless, useless fucking characters <laughs> of the entire series. Just about. Um, it, it's got great effects. It's gothic. Freddy is horrible. Downright fucking horrible in this movie. Okay, argue with me. Thoughts. Jump well, into let's it. Not forget, let's not forget the uh, whole X rating controversy at the time when it was first made. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Well, well nope, because it was a motorcycle scene, they originally said it was going to have an X rating. Because this was 89, just before the NC-17 rating. Which but they, they cut some footage and knocked it down to R. Not that that necessarily makes it a good or bad movie. I'm what just was the footage? Oh, the motorcycle. It was Freddy raping a hobo. It's the motor <laughs> the motorcycle scene. Yeah, yeah oh, well, really? the guy turns Andrew, into a talk about it a little bit. Andrew, go for it. Tell it what 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 was it about that that scene in particular? Uh, it's just like very very like you know a lot of the Freddy kills were gross, but they're really quick. And the motorcycle scene is right. just brutal. It goes on and on. A lot of like insert shots of of stuff going into Dan's ankle. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? He's melting yeah, with this very, motorcycle. Uh, it was it's, very Tetsuo. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just yeah. like, but you know, the VHS, there were uh, an underrated version was put out uh, with the R-rated version. Um, yeah. So we actually, we did eventually get the whole thing, but the runtimes were almost identical. So yeah. you really don't, 
I mean, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't I remember know. that. Yeah, I remember seeing that and not thinking it was that much of a difference. Um, same with the Friday films, where a lot of the exclusions were very small. Very, no, just very in that small. in that period of time, they were cracking down on gore and horror movies. It was kind of after the splatter era, you know, and it was like pre-Dr. Giggles, where things were just about to start to suck really bad in the gore <laughs> department. So um, that was Uncle that was. Sam. That was mainly why it was because, um, you know, there were it wasn't that it was any grosser because the cockroach thing where her elbows split. That's yeah. way, way more violent. Absolutely. But uh, do I do you want to know what I think about five? I don't like it at all. It's uh, I like that they got um, the, the guy that did Freddie's original makeup to come back and turn him into an old grandpa that really wasn't scary fucking at all. No, um, um, but it just man to me it was another set him up and knock him down thing. This character likes comics. We'll kill him with comics. The only guy, yeah. Michael Bailey Smith, the only other guy to play Freddy in the series proper, uh, gets to play Super Freddy, and that's just you just want to die. You want Freddy to come out and kill you next. It's just it's <laughs> it's, it's empty. It's to, it's totally empty. Well, it, you know, here's what I I took away from five, and that is it is the least memorable of all of them. It really is. You know, even even the the problems I have with the other movies, etc. I remember those problems. Five, it's just kind of a you know I kind of remember it, and there were bits and pieces, and I saw it. I rewatched it a few years ago, and it's just it's not memorable. Ray, Ray. You no, know, even, even I watched, if you look, I watched it. I watched it four hours ago. Yeah, and I don't and I don't remember it. <laughs> right? No, I think that's perfect way to describe it. I just watched it last week, and I just kept thinking, you know what? There's something kind of interesting in this film, but it's so horribly fucking made. Like it's so misguided. Like Robert England, um, from what I've heard, didn't want to be involved in it. He didn't like the script, and it's obvious his the way he's directed as Freddy is just so. It's so misdirected. He's it's horrible. He it's so phoned in. His voice is terrible. It's just like honestly, every time he came on the screen, I wanted him gone. Well, there's a reason why he was killed in the very next one, right? Just, right. Nobody, nobody uh, yeah. wanted to see him anymore. Well, and and the whole um, uh, I think blockbuster bandwagon had gone because you know we were talking about three had Dawkins for the the main song, right? And then four, which I actually really like the main theme song to four, Love Trails by Vinnie Vincent Invasion. But oh, the yeah. point is, it was Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Definite right. step down from Dawkins. Who did the main song for five? Houdini. Really? Yeah. Right. I don't okay. know. It was, it was on the tape. Remember. It was on the yeah, tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring your daughter to the slaughter? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Iron Maiden was on that. Bring your daughter to the slaughter. That, that won a Razzie, I believe. Bring your daughter. Well, I have to disagree with you guys about the memorableness of it. For me, five is very memorable, and I don't, I don't know if there's a gender issue there or not. But because of well, I do have a really bad memory, so <laughs> well, because of you know Alice and the pregnancy and and those kind of issues, I really re- remembered it a lot. For when I was a kid, I remember feeling the, kind of the same way I did about four, like it's just more more the same. I like the series. There, there's some interesting stuff, I think, in that one. For me, it's kind of like, two, like it's not quite Nightmare on Elm Street. It's got a different kind of quality to it. And there were things that I really liked, but then the, it also had some of the scenes that I hated the most out of the whole series, uh, especially like the comic book part. That so horrible. Whole, oh, and the, yeah, that whole scene and the Super Freddy and the, the way that the guy gets killed and it's just 
you know what the you know you know what the best part of that is is once you said that comic book scene if you look at if you looked at the bottom every single guy's head just shaking <laughs> back and forth <laughs> it is terrible because it's so the reason why it's terrible and is that before then not everything was so on the fucking nose mm-hmm, that was yeah. so on the nose and so unimaginative and it just so lazy yeah and at, at that point it's like check out i'm done what else has this movie got for you especially yeah. now at our age it's just like that movie is just it's nothing it's a it's a load of nothing final <laughs> thoughts let's do let's do a let's do a show of hands uh glenn like uh yay or nay on this film <laughs> no, 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 no. Andrew, he's giving a thumbs down. Mark, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I have to say, I I liked some parts and some parts. Yeah, I, I didn't completely hate it. I I enjoyed it for it kind of finishing out the uh, dream story. You know, I I liked it less than the previous two, so I'll I'll say that. Three and four I enjoyed a lot more, but it was hanging on a little bit yet to some of the things I loved in five, so. Yeah, it's going to be surprising, even though I've shit all over this one. It's not my least favorite of the series. <laughs> my, uh, uh, my final comment on it, I thought five was so bad that I forgave Rennie Harlan for how bad of a job he did before. <laughs> <laughs> That's, there you go. That's a perfect way to, let's segue into uh, the Freddy's Dead, the 3D atrocity. As a boy, he was always different. No one understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No one could control him. Go inside, honey. But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an Elm Street. Bitch, your mind will go for. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. Be me and him. You want to live? Maggie, watch out! What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Graphics. They saved the best for last. I I don't know really where to begin with this one because it's a kind of a conflicting movie for me. On one hand, I think there's some. It's fun in some. I don't know why I'm defending this movie at all. <laughs> um, well, you know, I no, I get it. I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. 
it, it, Freddy, Freddy's Dead is in a lot of ways like two. You know, it's one of those movies where it's like it's not good, but it's kind of fun. You know, and like yeah. you kind of want to like it, but it's yeah. kind of terrible. Well, Freddy's awful in it. Just the way he was awful in part uh, five. He's a total caricature. He's phoning it in. His makeup is terrible. Awful, awful, awful. Just lazy, terrible makeup. Yeah. Um, and then on this, I know on the old DVDs, uh, you actually got the 3D sequence. Yes, this, I do. This yes, I do. right here does not have it. It, you don't well I have 3D glasses old red and blues but this totally doesn't allow you to do it and I've seen I mean uh, Friday 3 awesome it on still Blu-ray. has it it still has it but this, oh, you you know oh. what you know what does have it is the VHS yes <laughs> the VHS and DVD so not that I I mean I this was the first Nightmare on Elm Street I saw in the theater True story. The first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street I got kicked out of in the theater was number three. I tried to. I bought tickets to The Butcher's Wife and tried to get into Nightmare on Elm Street, and they <laughs> caught me. And I had to fucking take my date to The Butcher's fucking wife. It's fucking downright awful. But anyways, um, number six. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Honestly, this one is kind of middle of the road for me. There's a lot of. It's fun. Um, but it's also really misguided. It just there's just a lot of it where it's totally '90s. Where number four was the '80s, number uh, whatever six, Freddy's Dead is so '90s. So re- like from the look of the film, the music, um, the pacing, just everything about it just screams '90s. Yeah, well, I, 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 with six, I, I remember it because my grandparents took me to see it <laughs> my Whoa. grandma and, and grandfather took me to go see freddy's uh, dead which i just got a kick out of and that was more memorable than most of the movie uh you know that that's where i why i, I have a fond memory of the film it was so cheesy i mean the 3d part the worst cue to put your 3D glasses on in the history of the entire film dumb universe was in there when they literally said, "Here, put your 3D glasses yeah, right. on." No. But, and Mark, you know. isn't it isn't it weird looking back at that film now because we just all, most of us just rewatched it that there are little scenes here and there where they're holding the fucking 3D glasses, just yes. arbitrarily carrying around 3D glasses, and especially now that on this blu-ray it's not in 3d it's the most pointless fucking ending to a movie ever it is fucking awful and and there's a documentary part where the uh, director talks about how she got shoehorned into having to do 3d as a gimmick to pull people in because they were afraid people weren't going to come and sit in the seats and she's like if there was one thing i could redo was not fucking shoot that ending in 3d well i think the whole movie i mean it, it was it was gimmick um and i hadn't heard that before but you know we had Alice Cooper and we had Roseanne and just all this other stuff that was like, okay, we need to, we, this movie's not going to make it on its own. So we need to throw as much extra pointless crap into it as possible that might get people to actually watch it. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually what made me like the movie more than <laughs> the previous ones. Like like no. that over-the-top camp value, I, I really, really made me enjoy it. Like it, there wasn't enough in four, there wasn't enough in five, but 
when you get to when you get to Freddy's dead, it's so crazy. I mean, he come on, he uses a power glove for Christ's sake. It's <laughs> awesome. It's a power glove. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my god, it's so bad. What, it's so fucking bad. What's sad with it is if you look at the core story though, the idea of Freddy has a daughter and the entire town of Springwood having been completely wiped out or gone batshit crazy because of him was a great concept. Yeah, but I, let's stop I, here I, for I a like, second here, Mark. I, I Not to cut you like off, that. but Jason, uh, Jason goes to hell. Way better. Same <laughs> fucking idea. True. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So here it we was. are again, like Ray said, it, these two series have to had to try and play out, well, especially since at that point, uh, New Line had picked up Friday the 13th. And right. now that's why they killed up. They wanted their big payday. And the only way, because these two franchises were basically dead and buried, were to do a classic comic book, let's kill off the character. And pull everyone in when we have no intention, especially with Friday the Thirteenth. They did it once. What doing it again? People were going to actually believe that it was going to fucking stick. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, Tanya. What do you think about Freddy's Dead? You know, I have to say it's one of my least favorites of all of them, and um, one of my least memorable. I mm-hmm. I don't really pull a lot away from it. There are a couple interesting scenes. The over the top stuff didn't really work for me in this particular one for entertainment value. And I think that Freddy was seen too much. He was like right at the forefront of a lot of scenes, brightly lit. It was silly. I don't know. I will. I will admit the lighting in this in in Freddy's Dead is awful. It's so nineties. It's not. It's it's not horror movie lighting at all. No, it's. Neither is the music. I mean, he uses (laughs) night. Brian May. I'm a big soundtrack guy. uh, Big into soundtracks, and I had the soundtrack. And I don't know why I bought it because listening to the soundtrack by itself was awful because you get this electronic version of Night on Bald Mountain for like five tracks. <laughs> you, you know, and, and I'm like sitting here going, why did I buy this? <laughs> well, and you know, Brian May, Brian May was the horror movie guy there for a little while because he also did the score to Dr. Giggles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Greatest <laughs> movie ever. <laughs> Glenn, you've been kind of quiet. Uh, what are your thoughts on Freddy's Dead? Uh, see, now Freddy's Dead, I've never seen the whole film. I went 20 minutes in and said, fuck it. I am done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me to quit on a movie, it's it's really got to fucking suck. And I, I just, I couldn't get through this one. And I just refused to go back. So I'm like, you know what? Let it be dead. I'm, it's dead. It's, it died for me a long time ago. I'm done with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You missed the, the epic final line of the Nightmare on Elm Street series at that point. Freddy's dead. They literally ended it on her saying, <laughs> I know, Freddy's dead. dead. I know. I've, I've, I've seen the very end of it. I, I, I watched it on YouTube. I saw the very end. That middle, like, 40, 50 minutes or whatever, never seen it, never will. I'm just like, not going to yeah. bother. Yeah. Well, the real question is, is did you see Spencer's death? Because that's the only real, that's the death that's worth seeing. The no. rest of them... Look Look it up. It's definitely on YouTube. It's Spencer's right. death. The Spencer's death scene is awesome. Remind me, who is Spencer again? Spencer's the one Spencer's the one who gets high and Freddy starts okay. playing. Yes. The psychedelic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Andrew. Well, I, I I have to say, man, the build up to going to see Freddy's Dead was humongous. Oh, of course. Yes, for my yes, friends and I, because it yeah. was just like the way they did the ads, all of that stuff. Yeah, and if you've been a fan, right, for a decade, we've been going to see these things, you know, and it was just like. This is going to be the ending. This has got to be the biggest shit ever. And we knew 3D was going to be a part of it. Like this is going to be, this is going to be fucking awesome. And at the end of it, I was just like, I'd never hated one of the Freddy movies the first time <laughs> I saw it, except for that one. But when the bon- montage starts to play with Iggy Pop, Why Was I Born, yeah. and they show all those scenes from the old ones, I I cried. And I have friends that can back this up. I cry. I really yeah. did cry. It was just, and you know, now that the time has passed, parts of the movie to me are funny. Uh, what does the map say? The map says we're fucked. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Carlos getting the 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 uh, the, the Q-tip in his ear and then his head explode uh remind me if i'm wrong the only head explosion in the in the series really yeah um, i believe so yeah. but um my my i can remember the only other movie that ever did that to me was when we all that build up to seeing army of darkness because it was evil dead 3 and then going yeah. like, this is a movie for nine-year-olds what are they doing to my movies you know right and it wasn't that the other elm streets were so awesome but at that time it still was. And we had a lot of investment in it, just like the way Married with Children ends. You're like, what? That's the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So I, I do, it's my absolutely favorite out of all of them. It's, it's it, it, like I, I keep bringing this up, but it's really indicative of that era is that horror in general just got really watered down in the early 90s. And, yeah. and it, it really, and it, which is funny because I think Jason Goes to Hell is just about the most violent Jason movie that there is. It it's is. Frick, yeah. The unrated version is fucking nasty. I it's love brutal. that film. Yeah. yeah. And that was a crowd pleasing movie. Like going to see Jason Goes to Hell when that came out in my neighborhood, they were climbing the wall. That's one of the best screenings I've ever been oh, to still. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, that's a really nasty one. But this he met a black guy once who really enjoyed it. <laughs> so <laughs> he's here. You want me to put him on? He was like, "Can I just be on the show?" <laughs> oh, like man. no, we've already got a Derek. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> and I'm I'm just Irish Italian, so I can't help you on that one. That's so, all right. I'm half black, so good, 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 good. That's good to hear. <laughs> uh, so so let's let's ra- wrap this up. Obviously, we know Glenn. He he says a big fart and a fuck you to this movie. Andrew, dead end. This is the bottom of the barrel. Mark, yeah. no, no, it, I don't. I'm surprised I watched it again for the show even. So, <laughs> um, Mo, I think Mo's kind of on the same page with me here. I think we both kind of sort of like this film a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's not my least favorite. It's my third least favorite, but yeah. it's not my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead on, I'm dead on with you on that one. Yeah. This is this is the third to the bottom for me, Ray. It's not my least favorite. Um, and it had a couple of fun parts in it, you know, but when you think horror movies, you don't like to necessarily Oh, it had a couple of fun parts. That's not a great review of a horror movie. No. <laughs> no. no. Um, but it's not the worst movie in the series in my opinion. So no, the, the parts that showed when he was a little kid and you know Alice Cooper the, the flashback Alice, yeah. those were like that was that neat Alice stuff that it's was interesting yeah. yeah it was very interesting Tanya um, I'd say there are some good scenes in it but as a whole forgettable yeah, yeah. entirely I think you're dead on now I'm going I this the next one the final of the the series proper we'll get to the other two after this um and we'll try and do those in a fast fashion this final one where they brought back west craven the new nightmare market the common market 
I'm doing a film about my nightmares as I'm dreaming them. In order for the movie to continue, it was dependent on me having more nightmares. Well, fortunately, I did. I'm a little frightened by what Wes may have tapped into. I frankly felt that it was over when we did the last, the final nightmare. In a town where movies go over schedule and directors go over budget, something far more evil is out of control. suffered its own terror today as two of Hollywood's best-known special effects technicians were found dead. Part of the theme of the movie is becoming like part of the making of the movie. Can you come with me in my dreams? I think that only happens in the movies. What happens when the story dies and the evil is set free? Now that the films have ended, the genie's out of the bottle. That's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes? It's kind of crossover, out of films, into our reality. The only way to stop them is to make another movie. Oh, my God. The bad man's getting awful close. You're gonna have to make a choice. What kind of choice? Whether or not you're willing to play Nancy one last time. No! Mommy! Cut the effect! Isn't there somebody who can stop him? That person's you. Who I mean? But it was you that gave Nancy her strength. Nancy. I hate this fucking movie. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. straight out say this is my least favorite of the series. Not because it's it's it doesn't it has a very interesting idea. Um, I think if they would have done it right, it could have been a very provocative and very interesting film. The way it's executed is fucking lazy as fuck. I think the the makeup. It, it, like this is this is my general thought of this film is that every point where something is cool, there's something parallel to it that sucks just as fucking bad. The story it's really fucking interesting. They want to bring they want to bring Freddy back to be like a horror character again, yet they make him up to look like a fucking circus clown. His fucking claws just bend like rubber things all over the place. Fucking terrible. They they have this great uh, this great story where you know he's coming out and they're bringing the actors in. It's this meta thing. Yet all of these actors can't act in this fucking movie. Ever the, the script is so like on the nose and so dead on and like it's so horribly delivered. And this is just my opinion. I just think this movie it it, it holds your hand the entire way. It it so just on the nose and just way too long. Why does this movie have to be two fucking hours? It could have been wrapped. Seriously, this is so, a 70 so far, minute movie. So far, that's the first thing I agree with you on. But, yeah. No, I'm very much <laughs> the minority I know on this film. But this, I remember... Well, I don't going, think you are. I, I, go to the, I went to the movie theater and saw this. I remember, and I just watched it literally a few nights ago, 
And I felt the exact same way I did when I first saw it walking out of the theater going, man, that was fucking weak. That's my whole thought on this film. Man, that's fucking weak. Go. <laughs> I agree with the weak comment. I That's how I felt, too. I The first movie I'd seen in, in the theater of the Nightmare on Elm Street once was Freddy's Dead, and I enjoyed that experience. And then I remember seeing New Nightmare and just walking out really disappointed. It felt like a TV movie yeah. made in like a and I mean it really did to me and that was just a big disappointment. It was cool seeing the actors again, but that was about it. I like the meta concept. The problem is, even when I saw it for the first time, I got the impression that either they didn't think this out too well or this was never intended to be more than a one shot because the way they set it up and executed it, where could they take it from here? No, I don't think it was ever intended to be a series yeah. builder. I think it it was literally, let's bring Wes Craven back because they finally worked out a contract with him that, that gave him. He literally, in the documentary on this Blu-ray, says the first thing, oh, why'd you do it? Well, they finally, they paid me. I think that <laughs> rings so true through this entire fucking movie. It's just so lazy. Such a good idea. And yeah. it was indicative. It was really cool indicative idea. of Wes Craven at that time. Like from that point on, Wes Craven is a lazy filmmaker. From that point on, except Red Eye. Red Eye is cool. <laughs> and I'll, I'll well, defend Scream a little bit, but I'm not a huge fan of that film. Well, I I liked it. I think I like it more than anybody else here. I really like New Nightmare, but I think it's my me, third favorite. It's my third favorite. Oh, mine too. Yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I think it's because I had hit such a dry spell of lack of an actual taste of a slasher film because we're hitting in the 90s to where those really were passe and you really didn't see them anymore the fact i got to see one in the theater you know i think that was part of the appeal to me and it's still it it had some horror elements that were missing that were slowly losing you were really losing even though it was lazy like you guys said i i like the fact that they were trying to make it a horror yeah movie i like that. i like the fact uh, yeah. uh, uh, Fre- freddie was they were trying to make I was it say freddie's yeah, menacing in it you know he's i mean he's, is he scary probably not but he's at least trying to be menacing yeah it. i i think what they did with his makeup for that one i thought was fantastic i love it you're right his claws are a little whatever but uh <laughs> but i yeah i really enjoyed what they did with it i i mean yes there are slur- there are slow parts um but there you know but i think that the good outweighs the bad a lot now keep in mind i didn't see freddy i didn't see new nightmare i was fiercely against the idea of even watching it until maybe three or four years ago so i mean i only just really watched it for the first time recently and that may have something to do with it but i did basically a marathon i watched all of the all of the series one through new nightmare back to back and uh and it was fantastic i mean four and five were a slog to get through but uh <laughs> but uh but i don't know i loved it i thought it was, I thought it was really great. And that comes after watch that comes after, you know, 12 and a half, 13 hours of watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And I and I still enjoyed it. I don't know. I just liked it. I liked it a lot. 
Andrew. I mean, Oh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, my biggest memory of it was it came out the same night as Pulp Fiction came out oh. and, and we were just, my friends and I were just, we'd seen Reservoir Dogs, you know? And so some of us were like, fucking, this is, you know, the next movie from the Reservoir Dogs guy. And, and then I was like, but it's Freddy. And then like, so basically it was, it was Freddy's dead versus Reservoir Dogs in this argument. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I lost and I had, we, we watched Pulp first and then New Nightmare. And the whole time I was watching Pulp Fiction, I was just like, I, I loved it, but then I was like, oh god, Freddy better Freddy. be. Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> and it's it is it's my third favorite in the series because of the direct link from one and uh, and three right mm -hmm. to it, you know, and yeah, in fact, right, direct yeah. link from one. And I like the idea of the filmmaker coming back to his, you know, his original idea and to see what he would do with it. But I also like it, it. Felt like it rescued Freddy for me. If they never made mm -hmm. another one, I was just like, "Thank you for having him fuck with a little kid in that that freeway scene." I was like, "That's terrifying." Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah, I think you bring up some really good stuff, and that's what dis like disappoints me so much about it is that there's so many like good ideas and good little bits of it that when when. The stuff I don't like pops up. It just like it kills it for me. It just and I like slow movie, slow burn. That doesn't mean anything to me. I just don't like the script. No, I, I hear you. But to me, it was yeah. just about the legacy of Freddy. Do we want to leave him as the dumb motherfucker from part six, or True. do we want to leave him at what he was or what made him good to start with? No, you, know? you, you got and a good it, point. It boils there. down to what <laughs> what about Freddy you like the most. I'm just a huge fan of that original guy and that's why i was just like if they never do another one if he never comes back you know <clears throat> this is better than that can you imagine if they would have given him the makeup from number one or number two Ugh. and made him kind of slimy and shit again God, that would have been fucking awesome well they they had him in contrast with the cartoony freddy of the robert yes. england the, with the meta thing so at least he, he yeah. seems it was like this is the real freddy that's the what they did to my freddy so there's that whole it's yeah you no know, i yeah i get it i get it yeah yeah I, and, you know what? I think I think Wes and I may be going out on a limb here. I think Wes was using New Nightmare for his idea to help him get them back into the name, so he could do Scream. I don't Tyler think Scream has aged as well, really. No, but I I, I, I think he wanted to do Scream, but it was a new idea and it was a meta type of idea, and I don't think he maybe thought he could get that launched right away, so he does new nightmare because scream just came out two years right after new nightmare right and suddenly everybody discovered slasher movies again <laughs> you well, well, let's 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 think and i'd have to imdb this but didn't he just come off of vampire in brooklyn yeah i love that movie yeah. i'm dude i like i like black vampires blackula is my favorite vampire oh i'm with you there brother that's blackula is awesome glenn yeah. what do you what do you think man you you're sitting over there quiet yeah, um, I'm over with you, Derek. Um, I mean, I really didn't want to see this one after how poorly I felt about the little bit of six I watched. And at this, at the time, I was actually dating a girl who really wanted to see it, and she pestered me a lot to the point where, and I'd be crass, she basically offered me a blowjob to go see it. <laughs> now that's was she a deal. Wearing a, was she wearing a Viking outfit? She was not. But, uh... Barely worth it. Barely, barely worth it. Oh, I'm wow. so sorry, Todd. That is not so sorry. He slam on her skill <laughs> at all. So it was. I, I agree with you. It, it felt lazy. It felt very lazy. 
And it's, yeah. isn't that shocking? Because the idea is fresh. At that time, that idea of what the film was was fresh, and it was interesting. But and I don't want to keep just reiterating the same fucking thing, but yeah, I agree. No, but that was it for me. The, the, yeah. the, the whole meta thing was why I, I still remember this film. It's what I really liked the most about it was, hey, wow, way to pull this out. And, you know, we don't see that very often. The only other one that comes to mind offhand is Human Centipede 2. They yeah. kind of did the yeah. whole meta thing, yeah. uh, which obviously came years later. So right, I thought right. at the time it was brilliant in that respect, and that's part of the reason why I do like this movie, uh, despite many major weaknesses. Part, part of the meta thing that I didn't like either is I did like it when I saw it a year earlier when it was called Last Action Hero. Maybe that says a lot about me too because I've publicly defended Last Action Hero on several occasions. I love Last Action Hero. I There's always a guy in the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tanya, do you have any last thoughts on New Nightmare? You know, I, I have to agree with you. I think one of the reasons why I it is my least favorite is because it did have something interesting to it and it did have some things good about it where I could see it going further and it just didn't. And it was just ended up being a disappointment. Now, going from probably my least favorite uh, nightmare theater experience to my favorite nightmare experience, Freddy vs. Jason. One your friends. Everyone. Welcome to my nightmare. We're not safe awake or asleep. Why won't you die? Which came out so much later. When did that come out? Like 2001, 2002? Uh, I, no. I want to say 03. Here, let me see here. Yeah, 03. It was 2003, this was literally an event. Uh, we had been waiting for this movie for well over a decade. Um, they've been talking about it left and right. I remember I had a crew of boys. We got liquored up. We were ready. The theater was packed. It was one of those like Rocky Horror experiences where everyone was jumping and shouting and yelling at the screen. And it was a fucking blast. Looking back at that film now, rewatching it, that's not that great a film. It's a pile of shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at that at the theater, and that goes for like, there are two different experiences always with shit films. I think shit films always play so much better when you have an energetic crowd and you're in that theater experience. But if if they don't work for you when you take them home and they don't, I mean, they just die flat. They just yeah. die so flat. And that's Freddy Freddy versus Jason for me is it, it it's not canon. It's it's literally just take these two characters. We don't care about what came before and we're just going to write whatever because there's no tie to anything with that film thoughts freddy versus jason for me is like is like birdemic or the room you know wow. It's, it, yeah wow. It's, oh, wow 
it's like they're they're all films that that have the potential to be thoroughly enjoyable, but are just such shit. Um, yeah, they're just such terrible movies. I mean, obviously, I actually enjoy Birdemic in the Room more, but um, yeah, because I did because I didn't have the same the same experience because I did see this in theaters. I didn't have one of those over energetic crowds. Maybe if I had, I probably would have uh, had better feelings towards the movie. No, the cr- the crowd I saw it with was New England Wasp. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody was like, "Oh, yeah, this movie's very—it's uh, okay." <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> talking through their teeth at the movie. Yeah, I just—I just, there was just nothing about it that I really enjoyed. You know, I don't know. Catherine Isabel. Well, fine. American Mary. Yeah, some some eye candy, perhaps, <laughs> but uh, other than that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Wait, wait, wait. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I really enjoyed watching Kelly Rowland get murdered. Other than that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was awful in that film. When when she died, I applauded. The rest of the movie, (laughs) I was pretty quiet. I enjoyed it. I I did see it with an energetic crowd as well. But I I think I enjoyed it. Mostly for the nostalgia part of it. Mostly because we got these two together. I kind of liked the idea of Freddy getting jealous of Jason taking away his kill. You know, I, I kind of I like that whole idea of it to me. That appealed to me quite and a you're bit. you're a big I, wrestling fan, too. So you I, I'm, I'm once a big it got re- to the fight, it became a big wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it, too. Maybe this was just because I, I'm a big wrestling fan and I was back into wrestling at the time and this was like just, you know, the, the match of, of ages that I've been waiting since I was a child and I had seen both series growing up with them. <laughs> and the fact, too, that even though with the Scream launch, lack of slashers it was fun for me to see it again i i enjoyed it It, you know i like i liked how they did it but then again i like jason x so you know (laughs) go figure i love jason x (laughs) yeah i love it saw it in a theater i was literally my wife and i were let's say there i think there was five people in the entire theater and uh i fucking love that movie oh they cast that whole movie from the sci-fi channel Probably, <laughs> but I, I enjoy I enjoyed Freddy versus Jason. I mean, I went into it not expecting really anything outside of uh, Freddy and Jason fighting. That's what I was really waiting for. I liked sure. the idea of Freddy kind of manipulating Jason. I thought, okay, they came up with at least a somewhat decent idea. I, I could see Freddy doing this. You know, when I was watching, I'm like, I could see him if he had the opportunity to try and do this and him getting jealous at the fact that, hey, Jason uh, is going to do his own thing and you're not getting, you know, these deaths that he's doing. I, I, I like that whole dynamic of it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was entertaining. So, but I know, I know a number of people who hate it like uh, Mo. Uh, though and uh, but for me, I, I thought it was it was decent. You know, could have been better. It could have been sooner. Uh, hey guys, I hate I hate did, to interrupt, but, but I uh, I actually need to go, so I'm gonna bow oh, out okay. now. All right, um, thanks so much, Mo. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'll talk to you guys uh, at some point. Find me on All Twitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Take care, Mo. Bye guys. Thanks, Mo. So Tanya, did you ha- happen to check this out in the theaters, or was your experience with Jay- Freddy vs. Jason? Um, I saw it in the in the theater, and I am a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I don't know if I have mentioned that enough, but <laughs> I love the series. I especially, I mean, there's some really good gems um, in there in the series, but even some of the not 
also favorite of mine. I just really enjoy seeing Robert England as Freddy. You know, only when it gets super over the top, when I, you know, start to go, hmm. But even so, I have enjoyed every film. I've enjoyed something out of every film. This one I saw in the theater. I didn't re get to rewatch it. I don't remember it, honestly, but I did enjoy it. What I mean, there's a sense of excitement for me when it came out. Like, oh, there's another Freddy movie coming out. I'm such a huge fan. Um, it was fun to watch. I don't really remember much. It's more like entertainment. Yeah. Really stayed with me from it, but you know, it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I think, and the thing about it is too, is Freddy is really upstaged. All the best kills are Jason. Like the mm -hmm. fucking. The, the bed slapping in half and all that shit. Oh, it was a fucking great kill. Oh, that was all Jason. Andrew, let me hear it. Oh, man. Hey, Freddy vs. Jason is made by Ronnie Yu, who made the best Chucky movie. Yes. You know? Bride of yes. Chucky. So I was like, the only thing worse than them making this movie is them never making this movie. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but did any of you download some of those early scripts for Freddy vs. Jason? I remember I, I remember hearing synopsis. Like the David the David Show version, it was like they got bits and pieces from some of it, but they were so fucked. I was like, don't make this, don't make this, yeah. don't make this. Yeah. So like um Ronnie you did exactly exactly what uh anybody coming to see Freddy versus Jason would want. And you know, there are dumb really dumb things, the silent bob or the J you know, the the uh uh, the Jason Muse guy and the yeah. fucking CGI caterpillar and all that. That's that's awful. Don't get me wrong. It's bad, bad, bad. And not letting Kane Hodder be Jason, that's also a, a crime. Stupid. I think. No, poor, stupid. poor guy. Poor guy. But um, but the fight, man, which is what it was about, it's a badass fight and it's violent as shit. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> gory. It's so gory. When they are out on that dock and stuff, and I think Monica Kina is, is good, you know, in, in that T-shirt. And I, I, just the, how gore with the with the night the the machete coming out and all of that. I mean, you couldn't have really done a better Freddy versus Jason, and you had to make it. There, I, I just don't think in terms of the fight, uh, Ronnie used choreography that he did, bringing in somebody that's from Hong Kong cinema to do that. I mean, that at that especially at that period of time. I mean, you that was as good as it was going to be. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. the I, fight scene is hands down. It's the main attraction, and it delivers. It delivers, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, well, something something that I, I, we haven't really touched on yet. Well, we've touched on it, but not in detail, is that this came about because, you know, the fanboys demanded it. It took a decade, and people hollering and hollering and hollering. It was like this fanboy dream movie. And then they, they made it. And, you know, I, I was like you. Um, you know, I watched it, and then years later, rewatched it and thought, uh, this is not as cool <laughs> as I thought it was the first time around. So, you know, I, I thought when it first came out, I was like, this is cool. Fanboys got a movie made. It was the power of the fanboys that brought this about. And then at the same time, I think it kind of did him a disservice because, you know, granted, it, you know, and I haven't seen the earlier scripts, but I, I totally believe that this version ended up being better than any of those scripts. But still, I think yeah. it did the fanboys community a disservice because then people who aren't fanboys necessarily are watching and thinking, oh yeah, this this is why we don't make movies based on fanboy ideas. <laughs> you know what's you know what's shocking though? That they never made a follow-up. Because let me just give you straight numbers. This film's budget was $25 million. It raked in, and this is worldwide, $114 million. 
that is a huge profit, a huge profit, and never realized it ever again. It's, it's interesting how that happened because, I mean, right after that, and then we had all these thoughts of, are we getting Freddy versus Jason versus Ash versus Michael versus Leatherface versus Grandma? <laughs> I mean, it was like it was it was an open playing field. I, I'm really interested why they never went that route. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. You know, well, look at the uh, the remake, and I, I'm not trying to get us into that discussion, but the remake did pretty well. It had a modest budget of like 35 million. I don't yep. remember what it did worldwide, but it was a pretty solid hit. 15 million. It, yeah. So, you know, and after your opening weekend domestic uh, or open opening weekend stateside, they said there will be a second one. It's been tumbleweed since then. Even they said the mean, same thing with the Friday 13th remake too. Exactly. In production. Yeah. yeah so, that, yeah. That's also I, the I don't know. I thought there would be a Freddy versus Jason 2 also. <laughs> that's that's the face of modern Hollywood though too now is you yes. got movies that cost two hundred million to make they make a billion and say well we haven't broke even yet yeah not broken even I mean there's the, New Line still says they haven't made money off Lord of the Rings but this movie made a hell of a lot of money made a hell of a lot of money for what it was look at look at our favorite recent horror film Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> Uh, Let's not. Let's <laughs> no, not. But, no, but we're talking about budgets and with horror films. Uh, what made made twice its money back in the opening weekend? It was ten mil. It made twenty one seven mil in its opening weekend. You would think that they would do another Freddy versus Jason because, I mean, these remakes are are getting the money because it's pulling in the. Uh, horror fan base you think they would have just naturally done another freddy or jason film rather than a remake and they didn't they went with the remake route and the the remakes just paled in comparison oh no, I mean, let's let's go into this fucking abysmal boring <laughs> piece of shit
I love I, I love the actor they got for Freddy, but can we universally just say and please strike me if I'm wrong, the remake of a nightmare on Elm Street is a complete fucking waste of time. I agree. Absolutely. It's not that it's not that great. Although I segueing into this, you know, not that I'm by I, I place any stock in this, but here's a theory. You know, we we're talking about why didn't they do a sequel to Freddy versus Jason? It is about the money. And so they said, wow, look how well this did. You know, is maybe that what got the, the, the ball rolling on let's reboot the franchise? Yeah. Seven years. There were seven years in between that, though. I, I agree. I, I, I know. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's not necessarily something I'm buying into. I'm just saying if they looked at that, that could be one thing. It was a fat cat sitting somewhere saying, hmm, this character clearly still does some stuff and obviously it's well into the era of let's reboot everything every few years so you know just a thought i'll I'll say as the remakes go i like the friday the 13th remake better than the nightmare on elm street remake that's like saying i like this soft turd better than (laughs) (laughs) only the only the only reason i say that is because with the friday the 13th remake there's at least a hint more of them trying versus the nightmare remake of them it was trying fun. to it was fun they they were trying to bring at least some of the fun from the original slasher franchise back into the remake in in Friday the 13th whereas Nightmare on Elm Street remake they they didn't they totally whoever's making this film didn't get the original at all and thought, hey, we could do a modern spin on this. And they make this to where you almost feel sorry for Freddy. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not Jackie Earl Haley's. uh, No, no. I thought he did a solid job and he he did what he could. No, it was the script. It was yeah. the script. Yeah. It was just they they totally did not get the Freddy character, and it was wow. that obvious in the remake that they just totally didn't get what Freddy was supposed to be. You know, someone argued with me. Oh, I don't see where they gave sympathy to Freddy. I'm like, they the way they spin his backstory, it makes you almost just a little bit feel sorry for Freddy, and you're not supposed to. Freddy's a scumbag. <laughs> Well, it's it the details. It's the mystery of was he really a child molester, which obviously everyone knew. And, and then they spin it. He really wasn't. So they yeah. just bring it up and then just say, ah, nah, we don't really want to go there. Oh, come on now. Just fucking pussy out on it. Um, Tanya, you were about to say you were about to say something. What are your thoughts on this? I just think the remake is just dry. It's boring. It's it's cheerless. And there's really no point to it. Yeah, it's. I think uh, and the thing is, it, it's also indicative of the modern, like special effects uh, of the film. And just they're so much more fantastical than just about anything. But they're so boring. There's something so boring about them. Andrew, what are you? I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this. Well, first of all, we skipped uh, Wet Dream on Elm Street. I, I actually, I, I, I don't know if I even want to participate in a remakes discussion because I, I think the anger against remakes at this point in our culture and horror fandom is so blindingly fucking misguided and stupid that we hate every remake on site and it no remake gets a fair shake as just a movie. 
I'm, right. I'm, I'm more tired of hearing people bitch about remakes than I am of the remakes themselves to the point where I'd rather watch all remakes than listen to a motherfucker trash remakes. I, yeah. I, I'm totally sick of it. Well, because, let's talk about, let's take this as a film itself. Let's not talk about it in relation to the series itself. Let's just look at the film itself. I mean, what are your thoughts on the film itself? When um, the trailer came on in the theater, right? I knew which movie had the trailer for Nightmare on Elm Street. I paid to see that movie which I don't even remember what it was, just so I could see that. And the way that the trailer was for Elm Street Remake is they show Freddy before he's Freddy. My heart started to pound. I was like, holy fuck, because one of my favorite Freddy movies is actually Toby Hooper's No More Mr. Nice Guy from Mm. Freddy's Nightmares because I'm fascinated with the origin of Freddy and I always wanted a prequel. I never wanted a sequel because, like I've said, this whole show. I think an interesting movie. Yeah, yeah, like I've said this whole show, I love the character of Freddy, and I like when he's scary, and so like anything I could get that's that old guy, and to, to see him running from it, and an actor that I like, Jackie Earl Haley is awesome. Very uh, solid to actor. See, to see him running from the parents and stuff, I was like, oh my god, uh, I know that it was a remake and not a prequel, but just those moments made it so worth it for me when he's licking the pictures of the kids and yeah, sticking them on stuff, totally. I was like... Just thanks, man, for just giving me those little pieces of scumbag fuck Freddy because that, you know, I know the makeup looks like the Velveteen Rabbit and I I know that the the effect of him coming through the wall looked better in 84 than it did in in 2000s or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, okay, no. And the the script isn't good and all of that stuff. Okay, I know. But I I love that the movie exists because of those moments that it gave me of dirty, gross, fucked up Freddy because I'm like, that's right. He's a guy you should hate and be afraid of. He's not a guy. Yeah. You shouldn't right. cheer for yeah. a murderer because those people are kids. They don't deserve to die. Don't fucking cheer for him killing those people. I don't care if he's making jokes. It's not funny to see somebody die. This is no. an adult's, mm-hmm. this is an adult's perspective of, of, of slasher stuff. Freddy's fucked up. He's not yeah. your hero. He's not your friend. He's not your Bugs Bunny cartoon character. Right. They took him right back to that. So all that other shit in the movie, the stuff that's bad, okay, yeah, fine. But it doesn't deserve to not exist, and it's not a piece of junk because of, of what it did for me as a fan of Freddy. It gave me those moments, and to me, that's all I remember from it. And honestly, that's, to me, enough to take away because I rewatched it. I own it. And I was like, still don't like the whole movie. Still yeah. shit in it that makes me furious. But it's still better than I. It's still better than some of the sequels, in my opinion. I think I think that's really one of the best like pro points I've ever heard about it because I agree. And and a lot of what you said is a reason why. And this is a past episode. How I feel about the Devil's Rejects and why I feel the ending of the Devil's Rejects is one of the most dishonest endings I've ever seen in my whole entire life because those characters are scum bag fucks murderers rapists necrophiles in just the the dregs of society and then the ending makes you want to herald them as anti-heroes fuck that Those well you know devil's rejects just fucking scum of the earth devil's rejects is worse than freddy remake because you had the guy that created those characters making another movie about him because he couldn't get money to make anything else he didn't give a shit about that he didn't give a shit about halloween one or two either you yep. know, the guy just can't get money. I, I I know we're, you know, we're supposed to be ending on Elm Street, but I think Lords of Salem is the best thing that guy ever made. I agree 100%. So the remake across the board. Glenn, did you have your, your piece about, about Nightmare? I'm trying to remember if I want to give everyone a fair shake here. I barely even remember seeing it. 
I didn't yeah. rewatch it for this. I didn't have time. No, I, I had it in my hand, and then I'm just like, why the fuck do I want to do that? I do myself? like I do like the the points that Andrew made, you know, about those little bits it gives you about, you know, it's I've never liked cheering, you know, cheering for for the bad guy. I've never been one to cheer for the bad guy. I mean, I like it when the stupid people die in the movies. Don't get me wrong. I like it with fucking morons and the fucking jock. When the jock gets it, hey, great, that's for my fucking four torturous years of high school. But <laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't make these people better people because they kill the people I don't like. They're still fucking murderers and I like I like that point he made is it gives you a little hint of that. But yeah. So much of the movie is just so not good. It's forgettable. It's so forgettable. There's nothing to remember about it. And that's that's the ultimate thing. And I'm not, you know, I think Andrew brings up a, a good point is, you know, I, I do a lot of ranting. And I know you all are on my Facebook. So you hear me rant a lot about stupid fucking movies because I hate just about everything. But uh, my main thing, I, I'm kind of tired of the remake discussion as well but i genuinely wanted this to be good the same way i genuinely wanted the friday the 13th movie to be good because i'm a fucking jason mark i fucking love every last one of those fucking movies to death to the point where i've seen them so many times i could probably just watch them inside of my head and sit there for an hour and a half and i know exactly what the fuck's going on in that film i wanted to like these movies so badly and jason i had sort of a good time with but this as soon as it was done i forgot about it that is i think to me is the biggest downfall of any of these fucking nightmare on elm street films you at least walked away with something that was memorable about them and this in general was just nothing it was just like an hour and a half or whatever however two hours i'm sure i don't even remember of just nothing and uh it's sad it's sad that that's the last nightmare on elm street film that more than likely we'll ever see because it seems that way i don't think they're gonna I, even though it did really well in the box office it just seems like the general consensus was that it was a pile of shit so it doesn't seem like they're go they're going to revisit has anybody heard any word about anything on that uh, I know that IMDb uh, still listed as in production, and that update was as of March of this year. Wow. For what that's worth. Yeah, that doesn't mean Jack or shit. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I'm just telling you what it says. Did any of you play uh, the video games? Impossible fucking game. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the NES game real quick. Did um, anybody beat that game? I mean, Freddy is just... It goes right up there with the Friday the 13th video game. This game is hard as fuck. It's it's really fucking hard. It, it makes no sense. It's, it's like the, what you have to do is so arbitrary, and uh, yeah, it's. It, you think the Friday the Thirteenth game was bad? At least that captured what the fuck that movie was. What the hell is this game? You punch snakes in in uh, Frankenstein's. In I, I will say this in, in terms of movies turned into video games. It was better than E.T. <laughs> wow. Wow. Can, we, can I make the, the turd reference again? <laughs> I did not know there was a Commodore 64 game. Yeah, and it looked interesting. Look it up on – I could show you the video, but it's – sure we don't want to sit and watch that video. I was going to say, how did I not have that? I had everything for the Commodore 64. Check it out. <laughs> Look it up on uh, YouTube. I saw a dude reviewing it. On that note, let's 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 wrap up the show. Let's just give general thoughts, uh, final closing arguments for for things we all disagreed with. Uh, uh, let's let's start at the back end. 
uh, I'm sorry I just said that to introduce you, Tanya, but uh, Tanya, go ahead, give us your, your final thoughts on the, on the series, and uh, let if, if anyone said something that, that highly offended you, it, it's your, your turn to, to say, fuck you, you're an asshole. Go for it. Um, well, I thought everybody had really good points. Um, I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the series, and I've rewatched most of the movies several times. Yeah, I'm just a huge fan of the series, and even some of the ones that weren't as good, I still love. I just the good one. Ray, go for it. Well, I think it is the best horror movie franchise, in my opinion. It's not the most consistent, you know, even though the movies... Some of them uh, are not my favorites. I'm happy to watch them end to end. Yeah, Freddy is my favorite horror movie character. Period. Has been for many, many years. Mark, yeah, the movie man. Uh, have at it. <laughs> I always enjoyed Freddy. Uh, this franchise definitely is near and dear to my heart. And though I, I say that I dislike the remake, I don't dislike all remakes, but with this franchise, I think I, I just liked it because it, it was something different than what we had seen from the normal slasher film. And it grew into this, you know, it, I grew up with it along the way. And I just loved the Freddy character. I mean, I, I really did. Robert England, I don't think I've ever seen an actor get more into the part than Robert England did, even on the ones where he didn't quite want to do the movie. You know, he, he just is Freddy. And, you, you know, and that's always going to be with me, even when I watched him in V as <laughs> as the, the the wimpy alien. I'm still looking at him going, dude, break out the claws. You, you know, so I guess I guess for me, it uh, I really like Robert England. And that's what was the appeal to me as the later series went on, though it kind of lost its horror edge. For me, I just liked the character Freddy. Uh, I thought it was an interesting angle to take with a villain, a murder villain guy. And uh, I, yeah, that's that's who made it for me was Freddy. He was just my favorite slasher, I guess. The, the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew, go for it. Uh, give us your tome. Uh, well, you know, man, we're, we're hung up a lot of times on uh, the stuff we liked when we were kids, and so we filter everything else as an adult through that. That's why there's the anger about anything new. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, because we're there's there's kind of a mark, and when we hit like 14 or 15, everything past that's just bad. Um, the thing is, as a grown-up, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original movie, uh, I'm from the 80s, which is everything was commercialism. Every toy we watched, or every cartoon, every cereal we ate, they were all linked together. It was just to make money. Nightmare on Elm Street, as much as I like that series, everything past part one is a grab for money. It just was. So when I look at it as cinema, I look at part one, I push that not toward the 80s and toward all the commercialism. I push it toward back toward the 70s where it was born and the ideas were born and where the director made his mark. I'm a huge Last House on the Left fan and I see more in common with Nightmare on Elm Street and Last House than I do Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, 3, 4, any of those things. So I, when I watch one of these movies, I don't. I just watch the first one and I dig on it and I love it because of all the, the, the Vietnam, post-Vietnam era stuff that's going on in that movie. Uh, I feel that the 70s are the greatest time for film uh, ever and it's um, it's got a lot of things in common with that stuff and taken on its own merit. I think it's just a, it's a really cool piece of cinema. I think Wes Craven, you know, he did have his time 
but um, he was a smart motherfucker, and that's a smart movie. And and all, you know, it just it fits right in there with the great stuff that he did and the stuff that John Carpenter was doing, and the stuff that George Romero was doing. I put it in the category with with the the what we would consider the Vietnam era classics of, of horror cinema, rather than the '80s cheese ball shit. Here, here, very well done, uh, Glenn. You are going to be the final man before uh, I puke all over everything. <laughs> uh, for, for me, it's it's all about the first movie. I mean, I, I've probably seen that one 20, 30 times. And I've maybe seen all of them as combined. I think the one I saw most was probably number three. I saw it three, maybe three times. It always comes back to that first one. It's That was the movie that started it. And for me, in, in a lot of ways, that's really the only movie that really is how I feel about Nightmare on Elm Street. Everything else kind of just went off on this whole caricature and this whole you know parody almost of that original. And, and it saddens me that so many people, their experience is going to be with like the with like the remake, and it's it, because of how the remake was, they're not going to be interested enough to go back and look at the original. Because I was actually talking today at work, where I said, "Yeah, we're doing a studio, and we're talking about the you know Freddy and stuff," and a coworker says, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "We're talking about the Freddy movies," and he goes, "They made more than one." I'm like, "Yeah, they made more. There was a whole series of goes, Oh. I thought that was fucking stupid. I'm like, have you ever seen the original? And he goes, well, there was only the one. I'm like, no, there's a whole series. He's like, no, Freddy got fingered. There was the one. Fu-. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Freddy got fingered. 21-year-old motherfucker. Oh, God. I will say, though, when I went to go buy a copy of the remake, you know, to revisit it, I couldn't find it anywhere. But every place I went had the original. That's good. I mean, I went to a used place just two days ago because all of a sudden I got a bug up my ass going, man, I'm going to be a dick and not rewatch this one, but I watched the rest of them. So I'm like, I'm going to go to a local used place and I know I'll get it dirt cheap. And even at six bucks, I couldn't bring myself to fucking buy that movie. Glenn, fin- finish out. I just, it's just. Like I said, I mean, Andrew makes great points where it's, it, it isn't an 80s movie. It really isn't. It, it's really, it's that, it's that cusp of just when the 70s ended, you know, it, it still had that feel of that more, I guess, I don't want to say classic horror, but just that, I guess, just a little grittier, a little less, there was less of the comedy. So much horror after that became so much about everything's, uh, Horror comedy, comedy horror. It's always got to be that that kind of tongue-in-cheek with everything so much of the time. It wasn't for children, you know? Yeah, it wasn't for yeah. kids. Horror, horror wasn't for kids. I mean, when I saw fuck, when I saw The Exorcist when I was seven, that scared the living fuck out of me. And that's what horror was supposed to do. Horror was supposed to be scary. That's what, what all the rest of them lost. Is the first one was scary, and then you go on with the rest of them, and they weren't scary anymore. No. I wasn't, no. I wasn't scared of Freddy. Yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll give my little piece. While I'm, I lean way more towards the Friday Thirteenth series just because of what it meant to me growing up. And it was, even though it wasn't my gateway, as Andrew said about you know him for, with the the Nightmare series, there was something about it that was like when I was at that age, there was something dangerous about it. Like when I looked at that VHS and I saw saw that the the cover of part two friday 13th part two 
uh, I will always remember because I saw that VHS and I was at a sleepover birthday party. We were young. We watched that movie. I remember thinking, this movie is scary as fuck. It's disgusting. It's, and it, there was something about it that just really grabbed me, even though Friday 13th, the series, is probably the most superficial and shallow of a film series as you possibly could ever get. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, while I may not like it as much, it meant a, a lot to me growing up, and it definitely was something that I rapidly followed and thought about and drew pictures of Freddy in notebooks at school. Was uh, even a fan enough to call a fucking 800 hot uh, hotline, which I knew my fucking mom and dad would shoot me over. It was uh, it was everywhere. I was obsessed with it. I I, I loved it growing up because it also the first two films, as Andrew said very well, there was a period in Wes Craven's um, filmography where he was, and I don't think it was because he necessarily had a broad vision of what his horror language was. It it was because he had things he wanted to say and. Uh, he used uh, these I- these ideas like the dream demon or or this family in the hills that kills the suburban family or takes them in the hills of eyes and you know the the clash and conflict in uh, last house on the left these interesting ideas and, and put a really dark dangerous sleazy spin on them in the first nightmare on elm street and that's kind of why i like the second one a lot too is that there's so there's something going on other than pure entertainment in those films and there's it's, it's anti-authority is what i think it is i think yeah. it's anti-authority yeah and it, there's uh, there's also a visceral quality to one and two absolutely god in part two where he's like kill me through the freddy face you know yeah. and you hear his voice yeah. just for a second say kill me. that's disturbing shit yeah i mean as goofy as that film is there are genuine parts to that movie that are fucking this is ridiculous i'm gonna say this but they're powerful there were some yeah. really good parts in that film and that's why i like that film there's parts of it that felt like part one even though going back watching part one it's a lot more fun than i remember it being i I always remember growing up it being there that it was scary that it was dark and it was moody and there was all this subtext going on in it and when i rewatched it, it there's a lot of camp in it and i i enjoy it quite a quite a bit it is the best of the series there's there's no doubt about it in my mind but there's no way around people of our age that the nightmare on elm street series kind of was horror it was horror growing up and it it touched fucking everything absolutely everything and it also killed the genre (laughs) for for many years and changed the genre the same way that hair metal bands killed <laughs> that kind of scene for a long time and grunge came in. The 90s, there was just like ushering out this era of excess that the Nightmare on Elm Street films toward the end kind of embody. So in general, I like I like the films. I think they're all very interesting. 
I think they have uh, the first two have substance where the rest of them are very entertaining. And we have Mr. Don Thacker right in time, <laughs> right as we're about to close out the show. And I'll get to you in just a second. But um, the Nightmare on Elm Street series to me, very fun, very, very uh, ingenious. There's there's so much creativity involved in them. They're part of my childhood. It's pure nostalgia to me. So I love I love the series. Don, we're kind of wrapping up. If you want to do a quick fire um, of uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, because we're getting really late here, almost to the three-hour mark on this bad boy. You want to give you you stopped at number three. You want to give thumbs up and thumbs down on. I'll, I'll just shoot through the films. Four. Okay. Four is uh one of these. I thought it started strong and then it went down. So okay. it's it's a it's 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 before um what's his face figures it out, you know, in Gladiator. Like, and you wait for like four minutes and it cuts to Russell Crowe it cuts back to him like this that's, that's where I am right now I'm four alright uh, sideways five uh, five is uh, stand by I got a five is oh the dream child <laughs> yeah that's what we all thought boom <laughs> F the dream child okay Good. Freddy's dead. Uh, I, I don't... I'm going to give it a thumbs up because I enjoyed it when I saw it. Okay. And I, I haven't revisited it enough, but when I saw it, I was happier. I guess it was a, it was an upswing from the dream child. Wes Craven's new nightmare. Did two thumbs down. 100% all the way. That was, that was a shitty movie. I went in. I was ready for the rebirth of Freddy. It was going to be amazing. And then I got... I don't know, man. The self-referential bullshit. And, like, it was a big mess. It was... We all knew that we had a something that was going to make money no matter what, so let's just throw some shit in there. And Robert England's an idiot in that movie, it feels like. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Okay, do you care to elaborate on that a little bit? I don't know. I, I, he drank the Kool-Aid before. I, I mean, he was more... like he To him, like for me, three was where we're peaking, and, and he like just got started with the, the we like the we said early on that Freddie is not he's super not consistent and he's he's super not consistent and it's not just how he's written I think that you can do a lot more with with the acting portion of your character uh, regardless of the writing you can you can like vie for something but it felt very much like Robert England was was just rolling with it and doing the getting as crazy as it could get and I didn't like seeing I didn't remember the bit where it, whatever the, the behind the, the behind the scenes pre Freddy Freddy stuff with like the interviews and stuff on the show and I just thought it was dumb I I don't want to know about I don't want to know that we know Freddy I don't want it to be a public consciousness thing I want it to be a, a guy that can screw screw you in your dreams and, I'm sorry kill you in your dreams I'm glad Mo is not here to call me out on that one he's very erotic <laughs> yeah no uh, I, so yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that one I apologize okay should so. we have him enter the chat again <laughs> I, I could say something oh. <laughs> alright let, we're, we're getting to like Derek about to die phase so let's okay. let's, let's get to I thought it was horrible I thought it was terrible and I was again another movie where I was like oh they're gonna go back they're gonna do it and I went in and it was it was it was BS and they, they, the, the ending the like he cuts off his head and he's carrying the head but then the head's alive that to me is that's the whole movie it's just a bunch of pulled fucking punches. There's no oomph. There's nothing to carry me through. It's a shitty teenager story, and we've got two cartoon characters as the bad guys, and they're versus. It was very much like Aliens versus Predator. Like, there's a whole world that you've got that you can explore. No, fuck it. We're gonna just make some stupid shit up and <laughs> slam the characters together at the end. It's really terrible. I don't. I hate it. 
Oh, so, no. That was so awful. Oh, those movies. Those two movies yeah. are so fucking awful. Okay. Yeah. Um, remake. Uh, do I lose? Look, I have a good film. It's winning awards and stuff. I work with Jeffrey Cohn. I'm a valid human being. So when I tell you that I, I just I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, like, I, I know that I shouldn't even be allowed in the chat, but I turned I turned away. I saw the makeup. And I lost. It's you know, it's it's remaking the alien. It's it's, it's it doesn't work. I don't want to see a really burned guy with real knives for hands. I I wanted to see Freddy, and is even though I really liked what's his face, the Schwarzschild yeah, guy. Right yeah, even though I like him a lot, and I've seen him in a bunch, and I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. It, you don't remake that character. I don't. You don't make remake a Doug Bradley character. You don't remake Freddy. Jason, even which is funny, he's been remade a few times, and you, you can go, you can veer off path with that. So I didn't see it, uh, and maybe I should. Maybe I, I, like I said, I have no credit because I, I just chose not to, which is oh. rare because I see almost everything. I think it's you know you don't go back like if 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 they're like, hey, would you like some candy? And you go to get the candy, and they just punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> you can get hit. Like two, or, there's two or three punches that you can take before you're just like, ah, I don't need the candy, bro. Game over, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm probably not gonna go see another Transformers movie. And I, I definitely didn't Ugh. feel it for the the new um, Nightmare. Now you guys can tell me if it was awesome. I, I mean, I know I missed it, but was it good? No, I think Did we like it? No. We all said that it, we didn't enjoy it. It was a poop movie made entirely of poop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I win the internet. It looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man. There's many movies. Like everybody that I had talked to told me that Let Me In was a good movie. Oh, I will gosh. never fucking know because I refuse to fucking watch that right. movie. Yeah. Why do I need to watch a uh, remake just for lazy fucks that don't like to read? Right. Fuck that totally. movie. I will totally. never watch that fucking movie. Let <laughs> Let the Right One In is the only movie that that was made. Agree. Let me fuck that shit. It's like the old boy thing. The, the, the new. Oh, God. Old boy. Why the fuck would you Andrew, do that? Andrew That's ridiculous. <laughs> I like it that Spike Lee's uh, pissing off white people again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, oh, so, so Don, we've all said our piece and kind of rounded out final thoughts for sure. the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I'm going to give you the stage. Go for it. Okay. I will be super down for most of this. I know I've been proposed with everything else. I think Friday the 13th, 13th started, okay, I, I was actually talking to my wife about this in the car. Uh, the first one, it, it tried to be like, he was evil because evil, because he's baby fucking, like it's evil, it's bad. He's burned, so it's scary. He fucks kids, so scary. They didn't really have a thing. There wasn't a lore. It was just, this guy's bad because of all the things we all talk about being bad about. And then teenagers, because that's popular and fucking murder. Uh, but, but over the course of even just that first film, we experienced a bit of an arc, this growth, where we go from it's just a guy with knives for hands instead of just a machete into uh, a guy with, that has possibility. The second one completely veered off course. Third one, we started a lore. And I think that that lore was sat dry over the, the rest of them uh, until finally Freddy had moved from uh, horror territory into you know lunchbox territory. Uh, and I have been waiting in in perpetuity for a good comeback, and I don't think it'll ever happen. I think that the franchise uh, died somewhere between three and five. Uh, although, I, like I said, I went and saw the others. Um, 
I, I think that it, it had a moment in history, and I think that moment's gone. I don't think we can make those movies anymore. That, that style of movie seems to be lost on current audiences. Now, granted, uh, it, uh, Derek, you've seen my film. Um, yes. I'm attempting to eventually, not with, my, not with that movie, that movie is uh, a start, but I, I want to eventually get to that. If I'm, if I'm sticking with horror, I want to go into the more fantasy, crazy lore-style horror as opposed to the... Oh my God! It's, it's a Japanese ghost kid again, <laughs> or whatever crazy happens again. I, I just I love the the crazy universe. I love getting caught up in that, and I felt that that Freddy had a, an opportunity to be there. Uh, I think that it's gone, and I think it's 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 living on its own fumes. The Jackie Earl Haley version is literally a movie that, to me, is it, it very much like the. Um, the, the 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 new Jason film it, it's very much like hey guys remember this yeah because it's not tapping into anything new it's not saying you know what would be cool we've done getting trapped in your car we've done hitchhikers we've done it in space what would be awesome uh, dreams we have dreams let's go with dreams it's not it's not like that anymore it's it's completely lost I feel and it doesn't matter if you retell the story and you really get into how how kid fucking he is this guy loves fucking kids and you burn them up and you do all that it's lost like the lore was. We had a moment and it's gone. So yeah, wait, wait. Are you, are you not saying you're not going to do mold warriors and mold child and? N- no, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's, I apologize. Now, granted, if, if you were to say to me, "Oh, well, that's horrible," because I had a giant bag of money, <laughs> and a contract, for me, I would make I would make the next nine motivational growth film. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I hope uh, that never happens. I, I truly do because not to not to sit and let's turn this into a Don Thacker blowjob session. Um, but I I know you like that quite a bit. Um, that's why I said that. But uh, to me, movies. I, I'm not a big franchise. I, I I'm totally fucking contradicting myself here. But um, I like singular experiences. I like films that that have something to say and they say it and that's it. Yeah. You don't need to revisit it. The point was made. Boom. I'm out. And uh, while it's cool that Nightmare on Elm Street did all this world building and, and all this other stuff, to me, I, you know, the first one had something to say where the rest of them didn't feel that way to me. They felt like commerce. I agree um, so um, I want to thank all of you guys for coming on tonight. This was epic. It was th- almost three hours we sat and talked about Freddy Krueger. Ridiculousness ensued. Viking sex. I, I, I learned way more about Glenn's dreams than I ever thought I would. I had a really good time. Uh, so I'm hoping, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do this you know, a lot in the future, but I've already kind of started thinking about the next one I want to do because I actually, it's always spurred by the fact that I do nothing but watch fucking movies all the time in between my insane schedule day job and trying to make these 10 cent little fucking uh, films that I make. I'm always watching something and I just started revisiting my John Waters collection. So if you guys want to join me for the next episode and do a round table of John Waters filmography, I would love to have you all. Now I know it's not everyone's taste, but to me, there are only a few filmmakers that made me want to become a filmmaker. One, George A. Romero, two, Frank Henenlotter, 
and three, John Waters. Um, John Waters was like such an unbelievable inspiration to me in, in so many ways that I have to, <laughs> I, I would love to sit and, because I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I, I heard somebody talking about Pink Flamingos. So I tossed it in again and God damn, do I fucking love Pink Flamingos. Um, so if you guys would be up for it, if you're not, hey, that's totally 100% cool. I'd love to sit and talk about Pink Flamingos. I'm in. Me and then there's an opportunity to actually talk about filmmaking there too, which is really cool. Yeah, no, 100%. It, this this conversation tonight was a little heavy because we have we had so much ground to cover. I mean, yeah. it was just like so many movies to talk about. It's just horror geekdom where I think uh, John Waters films, he commentates on filmmaking just about more than anything else that goes on in his films. I love him so much. So, again, thank you all for stopping by. Hopefully we'll uh, – We'll do John Waters in the near future. It'll be a couple weeks because uh, I have some editing to do. Again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been Astro Radio Z. You have been listening to Feargas Network. Check for updates on Feargas.net. This is Fear.